This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is a Fast Break Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me, as always, is Ricky Boomer. What's up, what's up, guys? And Dave Oster. Hey, everybody. And today, we are talking about Anthony Davis's fit with the Los Angeles Lakers. LeBron making a whole hoopla with his comments saying he wants to play with them. They're apparently getting dinner after the Pelicans-Lakers game last night. We'll be doing a 2018 NBA trade wish list since it is our Christmas episode. It's going to be coming around out either on the 23rd, 24th, or even on Christmas. So, uh, Merry Christmas to those who celebrate. Happy holidays to the others. Um, and then also we're going to be doing our wet boys, talking about guys who absolutely went off in the past week, guys who had fantastic performances. Definitely one that uh, is making us eat our words from last week about <laughs> his coach being fired. And then finally we're going to be talking about uh, best fits for the Cavs in the NBA draft. And we're going to do our best, at least I'm going to do our best, to avoid the Z word in that topic. Uh, but let's jump in, boys. We're going to be talking about Anthony Davis's fit with the Los Angeles Lakers. As most people know, LeBron James made some comments that could be seen as tampering, uh, that he wants to be playing with uh, Anthony Davis. A uh, reporter asked with, about their upcoming matchup um, and, and if he would ever want to play with Anthony Davis. And he said, I would love to. And uh, th- that got the ball rolling with Anthony Davis rumor mill reports to the Lakers. So first off, let's start with the tampering question. Do you think it's tampering that LeBron or any player is, do you think it's a tampering if they say they want to play with somebody else? I think it's the stupidest stuff in the world. And the reason why I say that is exactly like LeBron said. It's like, of course I would love to play with these guys because they're great players. Plus, when you've got a guy like LeBron, what's he like to do? Win. What's he want to do? Win more championships. Of course you're going to do that by playing with these guys. And we already know the NBA is a player league. They all like playing with each other. They all love doing the all-star thing to kind of play with each other there. How much fun do they have playing with each other when they get to it, like USA basketball in the past and stuff like that. So this tampering stuff, it's like, come on. Are we just going to say everything's tampering just because the small teams think that Ever, the big brothers are going to win, and everyone's out to get the little brother. That's what I'm seeing from it. Dave, what do you nah, think? you're absolutely right. Like it's there. There's no winning as a small market team in the NBA right now. Like you, they, the NBA has tried to give them the mm-hmm. advantage of the supermax contracts, but like we haven't seen one of those actually work out yet. It's like as soon as they're granted, it's like oh, I don't think that was a good idea. <laughs> so I, I don't, I, I don't have a problem with what he's saying and what he's pointing out there. I think it's more entertaining to let him, you know, speak his mind. And if he wants to play with great players, let him play with great players. Mm-hmm. My thing is, is like, how how is this like? And, and by the rules, it is tampering. I mean, like, he can he can get fined. He's susceptible to a fine for that. We're not really arguing the rules yeah. on whether he he broke it or not. Saying that you want to play with another player in 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 some ways is tampering. Mm-hmm. But I, I also don't see the problem with it. It's just really what is the problem with saying you want to play with another player. Um, but how do you think that this would change if he was on Cleveland? Since that is still technically a small market, would people care as much because no. he's now a, a Laker? No, because the the whole reason why I think this is even a story is because the small market GMs made it a story. of. If he was on Cleveland and said that, the small market GMs, they might have. Some of the ones that aren't winning might have tried to like say something to the league. But like for me, I think that when it comes to tampering— what really, and I'm going to use air quotes, can a player do? Because technically, LeBron James isn't the one finalizing deals, isn't making the trades. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he can influence Magic Johnson and say, like, right. hey, this is what I want. 
but they're not the ones signing the paper, basically signing the checks. Yeah. It's the owners and the GMs and the front office that's doing that. So with me, it's like, can you really find a player for tampering? Because they're not the ones that make the moves. It's the GMs and the front office that do. But LeBron's sort of a unique case where he's, he's like face. GM. Like, yeah. <laughs> you joke about it. We know what his impact was, obviously, in Miami and then back mm-hmm. in Cleveland the second time around. I don't... I feel like he's a specific case, and like you can't treat him like you would treat every other player in the NBA because of his reach, because of his uh, front office, you know, how far his word carries. So, I don't know. I, it, it's very hard to lay down a blanket rule like that against a player like LeBron James, in my mind. Like it's, I think the NBA is best to just let it go with LeBron James, because mm-hmm. if you find him, then it, then we get all these like cheeky remarks from every player being like, oh, I can't talk about anything like anymore. Mm-hmm. Like... It, I mean, you saw there, there's just no winning. There's no winning from the NBA standpoint. And you were going to bring up you saw what he did after the yeah. game, saying like, "Ask me if I want to play with KD. Ask me if I want to play with Luca." He mentioned <laughs> he um, left out Carmelo Anthony. Strangely enough, <laughs> also didn't say Steph. Yeah, so didn't say that he one. hates Steph. Yep. Um, but one thing too is like, and it kind of goes into both your things. Jake uh, DM me right away, and I don't think it is. Uh, just small market mm-hmm. GMs. I mean, Jake DM me immediately when uh, uh, Dave uh, McNamini. Uh, Sounds all right. Whatever the the Cavs former Cavs reporter, now, LA reporter. Uh, uh, Dave McMenamin, yeah. yeah, thank you. Uh, he put the story, new story, with Anthony Davis playing in Los Angeles this week. What does LeBron James think about Le- Lakers potentially trading for AD to make LA his permanent home? He said that would be amazing. LeBron told ESPN. Jake sent me that tweet. Said, "Um, that's tampering." And then I said, "Is it?" He said, "You cannot express interest in another player on another team publicly." Remember, Magic did it with PG and got fined five thousand K. And then I said, "But Dad, I don't think that counts with players. I didn't know the rules yet." Um, and then Jake said, "I could be wrong, but I think it's the rule. The rule is the same for players as executive, or at least it should be." And then, like you said. But it, even if it is, LeBron's not going to get fined. And that's yeah. what Jake said. So, I mean, I, again, it doesn't matter about the rules. I don't care if it's enforced or not because I, I don't think it matters in the end because mm-hmm. if the Pelicans feel like this is tampering, again, you can say no to a trade. Are you have we... to trade him to L.A. And if Anthony Davis is going to get upset, he has eyes. He can watch the news. Mm-hmm. He can see hit the standings and where the Pelicans are in the standings. He can see and realize without LeBron James saying anything mm-hmm. that the Pelicans aren't going anywhere. And he is the face of that franchise and that he is the reason that this team is winning games at all. So he can see without LeBron James's influence that New Orleans most likely mm-hmm. is a dead-end situation and the only thing that you can get out of them is that Supermax. Well, and the thing that f- I got two things from what you just said. The first one is, are we only making a big deal about this because it's New Orleans and L.A.? Like, we know they have a a past of trades that should have went down that didn't go down. Thank you, David Stern, yeah, but different franchise. for that. I know that, but it's like— Same city, different franchise. Is that why we're doing this? Because no. it's New Orleans and L.A., and there's a little bit of a history with that. Um, the other thing that I was thinking, that what you just brought up, is the AD side of it. Is It would be different if LeBron said that, said, I want to play with AD. And then the next day, AD's like, I want to trade. I demand a trade. Then it's like, okay, there might be some tampering here. LeBron might have influenced Anthony Davis. And the quote that came out from AD after last night's game against the Lakers is he said he'd take legacy over money. I want to have a legacy. All my people that look up to me, the younger kids, I want them to know about 80s legacy, championships, the things I do in the community, being a good teammate, playing hard, all that stuff matters to me. Don't get me wrong. Money is amazing, but I think in that sense, money or legacy, I would take legacy will win the battle every time. I could see that as a argument for he would stay, and I would 
keep that as an argument for why he would want to go to the Lakers and play with LeBron. Pretty ambiguous, um, but also one thing, I don't think he has to choose legacy over mm-hmm. money because I think he's going to get money no matter where he goes. He can still be smart to take that money and then also try to build a legacy by demanding a trade. Um, so I don't think that really clarifies anything, mm-hmm. um, and it's just a very good response. Of course, everyone wants to have legacy over money. Like That's mm-hmm. something that everyone can get behind. So that's a good PR thing from Anthony Davis. I completely agree. Um, whether he's a, he said that and didn't have anyone influencing him, or he has the best PR agent. I mean, that was a really good response from him. Uh, much better than LeBron, although it's definitely not as quotable or memeable. <laughs> I know, right? uh, But with that, I, I do think that, you know, he has, Anthony Davis, has been vocal about staying in New mm-hmm. Orleans as well. He hasn't d- requested a trade. He's been there for a very long time. He hasn't been upset about it. And a lot of these rumors are just media stuff. So before we get into how he does fit with the Los Angeles Lakers, because that's what we titled this video, this is the topic. Dave, do you think it is feasible to see Anthony Davis on a new team within the next year. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I think that the Lakers kind of take away the whole Paul George situation. Like, as a franchise, like, hey, we thought we had this guy locked up. Everything, you know, all signs pointed to, he wants to come play for us. We didn't put any investment into that one, and we paid the price. Like, now he's over. He's staying in OKC long term. So I think they look at Anthony Davis and they go, yeah, eventually he could get to free agency and could choose us. But we have LeBron here. We have young talent and good assets. Let's get this done and locked up today. Like I, I think that they're going to go aggressive on this mm-hmm. rather than wait because of what happened with Paul George. Well, and Kawhi Leonard. Like they were in talks with the whole like, oh, we could make a push for him and look at what happened. He yeah, but that's also to dead yet. Toronto. Yeah, I say we still have I mean, he, one. He could still resign this year. He, he could, he but I mean, this year, not that was another thing of like they could have pulled the trigger and tried to make a trade. I know that was also the Spurs trying to be like we don't want to send him to the Lakers. But yeah, they wouldn't. They could have also but, done a little harder in but that to get Kawhi. Now, I mean, we can. You could still see the the, the framework of mm-hmm. getting both AD and Kawhi. Because mm-hmm. if yep. he doesn't take that Supermax, they trade him now. He's only worth 25 uh, on the books for 25 now, then 27 next year. That can keep you still under the floor because that's very similar to the Bradley Beal contract. And mm-hmm. Bradley Beal's is around 24. They still have that leg room to bring in AD through a trade. Correct. And then also get Kawhi Leonard this offseason. So it's not dead that, I mean, and it could end up looking like the smartest move mm-hmm. of not trading for Kawhi because those assets that you could have traded for Kawhi just got you AD and then you just sign. Kawhi Leonard. So yeah. the framework isn't there. I don't think that's really in their minds yet. Mm-hmm. It's just how much will they give up and how much are they willing to give up to the Pelicans? And then also, are the Pelicans willing to give him up? Because he's not a free agent until 2020. Mm-hmm. So he's definitely going to be a Pelican if they want him to be yeah. until 2019, 2020. So there is no need for them to trade them him now. And his trade value is always going to be high. It's Anthony freaking Davis, yeah. the top three player in the league. Mm-hmm. And that's why with me... This season, next year, I don't think he gets traded at all. And the reason why is the Pelicans. They, how, and I don't want to say how stupid of a move, but I do It depend on what they got back in the deal. Like, if they got a ton of young assets and draft picks, it's like, okay, we got basically a king's ransom for Anthony Davis. You can say, okay, that's good. But I think it'd be looked at as a stupid move by the fan base and um, around the NBA if you trade him before that contract year because the MO should be let's try to build a team around Anthony Davis and win a championship with Anthony Davis here in New Orleans and get him to resign 
and not go to like an LA or a bigger team. Well, and with the Pelicans too. I mean, they're not they're you know twenty sixth in attendance this year. So mm-hmm. the only reason why people are going to games is Anthony Davis, and yeah. they have been vocal about getting pieces around Anthony mm-hmm. Davis. Obviously, they've done that so far this year. The prior year, they got went out and got Nikola Mirotic. They went out and got Julius Randle. They tried to make this team better around them. They tried to get. They went out and got Demarcus Cousins as well. Like they've been very active in trying to make this team better. It yeah. hasn't been extremely fruitful yet because they still are out of the mm-hmm. playoffs as of right now. West is very tight. That can change in three days. Um, but I do think that with the Pelicans, it's not likely that they're trading him this year. Well, and Alvin Gentry has said, no, we're not trading him. We're not trading him he under also any circumstances. No, I know, no, he's no, the no coach. But it's like, I would think the GM would be thinking the same thing. We're not trading him under any circumstance. Yeah. I mean, he's one of the most valuable assets in the NBA today. And I think it's very hard to admit as a team that you know you weren't able to put a group of players around him to succeed. He's putting up these ridiculous stat lines mm-hmm. night in, night out, and they're not resu- they're not coming with any wins. Like you're still a mediocre team, no matter what pieces you've added. Like at some point, it's hard to admit that you failed, but I think they're going to hit that crossroads and be like, look, we've tried adding pieces around Anthony Davis. Contractually it hasn't worked out for us. We haven't been able to find the right fit to make this team go over the top. And you look around the rest of the league and what teams are being put together and mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I don't see a way that they can find the right pieces to put around him in the remaining two years to make him go, yeah, I want to re-sign here and keep playing because you know these guys are doing everything they can for me. They're making moves, but the moves aren't paying off. Mm-hmm. So you can give them credit for, like Sean said, all the, the player movement that's going on, but I look over at teams like obviously Toronto, Boston, and Golden State, and I go, yeah, those are the teams that are going to be in the playoffs. They're going deep, and every single year you're going to see you know a combination of those teams fighting for a championship. Or I throw I, out the Rockets before you, this year. You can, but Chris Paul's hurt every yeah. five days, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, I just see that, that that team, I don't see a path for them to get there with Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. So my concern is that they're going to hold on to him for too long, and if he decides against that Supermax, kind of building off that comment Ricky said about legacy over money, like, Money in the NBA today, it sounds like a stupid number, but you get more from your endorsement deals. You mm-hmm. get more from shoe deals. Like, there's Derek Rose is getting shoe money that's in the crazy numbers. His contract this year is like nothing. Yeah. I mean, that's mm-hmm. being realistic about that. I just think that they're, they're better for getting something than nothing for Anthony mm-hmm. Davis. And I think that that's where we're going to end up at. Well, well, right now, and Sam Amick of the Athletic did say does not, Davis does not see the extra $87.3 million mm-hmm. that New Orleans is expected to offer in a five year. Two, Two hundred thirty-nine point five—that's crazy money. Yeah, two hundred thirty-nine point five million dollars supermax extension this summer as a factor in his eventual decision. Um, but still, like that's eighty-seven point three million dollars that you're turning mm-hmm. down, and that's why I—that's don't like, think, like two years of a shoe deal. I, but still, that's <laughs> no. I'm still serious. Like that's, that's eighty-seven million. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I would, I would be tough for, and maybe that's just me as he's got uh, a new agent. That's never seen eighty-seven. You know, eight hundred seventy-three dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I would like, be thrilled. Like, like maybe I don't know it, but he does have a new agent and Rich Paul, who yep. is LeBron's agent. Um, Gonna and get that man top you know, dollar. He's helped him get you know uh, Max before, obviously going to LA, going to Miami, mm-hmm. um, but also have worked with super teams before. So that's something that's going to be uh, important as well. I, I do agree with you though that it's, I, I think. I don't think it's they're waiting too long, but I don't think it's going to happen this year mm-hmm. um, because, again, you can keep them for that next year. And although it's going to be one less year of 
uh, control on him if you do trade him next year, you still have that ability to sell him on the city. And and you're, I don't see the Look, point. He's in not giving sold up on the early. city after I know, think this many years. But, but that's the thing is, I think he is. But it's it's maybe mm-hmm. maybe not on the city, but you can sell him on the culture. You can sell him on the, the team that you could possibly build. Yeah. And maybe it has to be another strip down and rebuild around Anthony Davis. But he's still only going to be 26 well, at yikes. the end of this at the end of this contract. And so. the thing I'm going to throw out there is going back. To his comments and how I said, oh, I could see it as a both ways. This is why with me, I lean more towards that Laker side of it. Because there's only one thing in his comments that I think he can do with LeBron in L.A. that he can't do with the Pelicans. And that's the word. He mentions championships. Like the when he mentions younger kids and things they do Lakers in the community. known for winning championships? I don't know. But I'm saying with LeBron, that would be right. a bigger expectation than in New Orleans because, like Dave says, they haven't been able to put a team around him that, yeah, they've gone to the playoffs in some years, but they haven't put a team around him that is that warrior caliber that even that Boston or Toronto, but, like, working in the community, being a good teammate, playing hard, you could do that anywhere. He could do that in L.A. He can do that in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. It's that C word that he uses to where it's, like, in the end, where are you going to have a better chance to win one of those? Oh, with LeBron in L.A. It might not be just LeBron in L.A., though. It mm-hmm. could be anywhere besides New Orleans. That's well, I, not like, you know, for the Phoenix sake of this conversation, like, but, that's but the, the two we're talking about. The interesting about. thing is, like, you know, we always want to put Anthony Davis in that conversation for being one of the best players in the NBA. He was going to be the guy to take over for LeBron mm-hmm. before Giannis. He was, you know, it's, we, we always say iteration of, no, but. I, I might still take Anthony Davis for Giannis. Fair. I mean, it's, it's up for argument. Don't get me wrong. I just think it's like we always want to crown people to that next level. And what we're watching LeBron James do and carrying a very young team with a couple of older pieces mm-hmm. on there and to the record that they have in the Western Conference and we're all pretty confident that LeBron's going to take them into the playoffs no problem. Yeah. Meanwhile, Anthony Davis is on a team with another two-way player, all-star in Drew Holiday and they're struggling to, you know, I know it's the West so a couple games like you said, but like I see them struggling to get into the playoffs and I don't see them challenging anyone once they get there because they don't have uh, the well-rounded team to go into there, they've got a couple well, of nice pieces. And right now they're only four and a half games back of the Lakers, and the Lakers are in fourth. Mm-hmm. So, right. I mean, there's there's not that much of a difference. And no, also, I mean, New like, Orleans last year, year... Do you see where that's going to be? But, yeah. well, here's another thing, too, with New Orleans. Like, last year, New Orleans, and yes, they didn't have, like, Rondo or... Uh, and not even Boogie, because last year in that second half is when yeah. they really started picking things up. Right. So, I mean, we might not be seeing the best iteration of the New Orleans, New Orleans Pelicans yet. And maybe they do out, go out and get a trade, and they, they'd make a trade that's going to boost this team. I, I think that, again, giving up on this season and, and giving up the ability to make the playoffs is definitely, I think, short-sighted because we even saw last year that mm-hmm. they once they got to the playoffs, oh, you can go on a roll too. they dominated, dominated the Portland Trailblazers. And then obviously they went up against the Warriors. Um, it was a fine series, I mean, against the Warriors. I mean, you put up a better fight than LeBron did with the Cavs. Um, you True won that. a game, and Cavs didn't. So... Yeah. I think with that whole... You don't got that playoff Rondo this year. You replaced with Alfred Payton. Well, but but they're not done yet. And that's the thing. (laughs) They they do seem like a very active front office. So I I think that it's not dead that Anthony Davis won't resign. But let's get into the whole Lakers part because we have 10 minutes left. How does he fit with the Lakers? Because let's Mm -hmm. say the trade is for them to move on, they need to give him the big three. Kuzma, B.I., and Lonzo Ball, and then Picks. That's the trade for Anthony Davis. So Lonzo... Uh, B.I., Kuzma, picks for A.D. How does that change the Lakers this year? Let's say it happens tomorrow. Mm -hmm. How does it change the Lakers this year? What is their future like? And then also, what's their expectations for this year? I don't know if it's just me. I don't know if Laker fans feel any different than this. 
you mentioned all three names and my head went, can I get away with not giving away all three? Like, can I give maybe like... No, that's what we've been talking about is that the Pelicans do not want to give them up. So you no, have to no, give no. them the best offer that, you can. Well, that's what I'm saying. Give them like, all the young players. Would my best offer, could I finagle it to where instead of, hey, I'm going to give you these players, I get to keep one of them, maybe one of them, like Alonzo, maybe a Kuzma, and give you just a boatload of future picks. Like a boatload of first-rounders because if my team's going to be good... They're not, but that's also another thing. If they're going to be good, they're going to be why lower picks. Want, they're not going to be higher picks yeah, why would you in want the draft. Picks, that's a tricky thing where I don't know if I'd want to give up all three for Anthony Davis, but if he gets traded for all three, I think he fits nicely with the Lakers. Like, it's not like the biggest thing with the Lakers is in watching them last night play the Pelicans. They look great in transition. Like when LeBron just flicks Called it up the floor, it. it's like, Easy running, and that's what Luke Walton obviously wants to do. I think Anthony Davis can fit into that, but when you're losing Kuzma and Lonzo in this deal, you lose both of those to add Anthony Davis. It's not bad, but the, it's like your team changes a bit. The trade that would work contractually would be KCP, Lonzo, BI, Kuzma for AD. Straight up. It's a lot. It's a lot. I, but, if I'm but the Lakers, it's for a top three player. If yep. I'm the Lakers, Brandon right Ingram's now, not going to be a top three player. No, nope. Lonzo Ball's not going to be a top three player. Mm-hmm. Cosm- Kyle Kuzma's not going to be a top three player. KCP's off the books, and not he wants to be <sighs> traded. So that's just literal money yeah, to, to make I'm that go. About. And the first round picks, like you just said, mm-hmm. yep. you know, they're not going to be anything. So even if you give them four mm-hmm. first round picks, you have Anthony Davis on that team for for that? at least the rest of his career, most likely, or at least mm-hmm. five years because he's going to resign. Right. You have LeBron James for at least three more years before. Maybe he falls off a cliff. He'll be mm-hmm. 37 in three years. Um, so I, I just think that— Your starting lineup again, then turns into what? Rondo, Hart, uh, Stevenson, LeBron, and uh, AD. Or AD. you bounce Stevenson out and you add Tyson Chandler slash um, JaVale. Yeah, and so, then I you mean, just like, move LeBron to the three. Yeah. I think, they, I think like he said, the, their dynamic would change a bit from being that uh, ultra-fast-paced offense completely on the fast break to— something more sustainable for them late in the season because, as you know, when the playoffs kick off, like, defense locks in, the game gets slower. It, it's a much different playing style. Well, the one thing, too, the Lakers this year are, a re- like, a really good defensive team. They obviously, they're going to be losing Lonzo. They can even play no-hands defense. They, they do no-hands defense against the Rockets. <laughs> They'll be losing Lonzo, but then also be gaining AD. AD, so which... Defensive no, player of the year. Yeah. Canada. I yeah, just, I feel like the player fit would be good. The trade fit is not good at this point. Like, let me... Wait until that contract gets closer to the end before that trade fit for the Lakers is better, and I might not have to give up as much for the Pelicans because they might go in desperation mode to get rid of them. But if you wait until the offseason, you then are competing with the Celtics, mm-hmm. which we've talked about before, where the Celtics seemingly have which more firepower than Which could do a sign trade with Kyrie if he wants to. Like, well, if Kyrie why? doesn't want to come back, they could talk into it that. But yeah, Kyrie I don't know why Kyrie wants to go, play, to go in New play in Orleans. New Orleans. That's, that's what he's been talking about. He mm-hmm. wants that big market New Orleans game. That's Or Gordon Hayward. They could trade Gordon Hayward as well. Like, those, I'm thinking yeah. the big contracts. No, I know. That I'm they just saying. Move. They have way more firepower. Mm-hmm. Like, way, 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 way yeah, more. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. I don't, they don't, they don't want to give up picks. Tatum. They have four first round picks this year. They have potential picks next year and then the following year. Um, no, I think that's why picks like, on picks on picks. The, the pressure is on the Lakers to get it done. Mm-hmm. And that's, I feel like, like I said, it, it's, it's done this year. Yeah. I okay. think, I think they, they so before have to the get trade them. deadline, because as soon as the trade, deadline, as soon as the trade deadline passes, you're then competing with the Celtics in the off season. Mm-hmm. 
the Celtics, Kyrie Irving comes off, you can either sign him to a brand new contract, get rid of that Rose Rule problem that was preventing you from going after AD, or if he moves on in his career, you mm-hmm. know, you have opportunity to do other things. But like so much draft capital and so many young, talented players, but they can't even give everybody playing time right now. So I think that there's there's no way the Lakers can compete with them in the open market. Mm-hmm. And I, I just don't believe that they would win out for a uh Anthony Davis trade sweepstakes and if it came down to it. They're the only team right now who reasonably would move their entire franchise basically I'm to gonna, get him. I'm gonna future. add another layer onto that. Sure. And why I agree with that is because we mentioned Kawhi earlier. Yeah. Alan Kawhi's going to the Lakers. I believe Kawhi in my heart of hearts, I believe Kawhi is the player that doesn't want to play with LeBron. He wants to beat LeBron. He wants to mm. go up against the best. And I could see if he goes to LA, it ain't for the Lakers. He's going for the Clippers because right. they're going to build. Well, team. even then, Kawhi's not the biggest fish out there. No, that's There's what still I'm saying. Kevin like, but that's why I'm you still saying, have Kemba Walker as well. I know that's Kawhi's why I'm a saying like Kemba, but with what Dave was saying, get it done now compared to yeah. when you have to compete with the Celtics. Because then, if let's say Durant and Kawhi go to the Clippers, oh great, we got that to deal with now in our own city. Also, you're moving to all those long Wait, you have Durant and Kawhi going I just threw out, it's two things that have been floating Ooh. around the in the Twitter spurs and I don't, everything. I don't get this whole Clipper shit, but all right. Like, it, it could I, happen. I get, I get that people could. are rumored, but like, I don't know. I'm trying to make the Clippers cool I'm again? Just, yeah, I'm just saying, not. if that happened. Were they ever cool? Never. Like, if that happened, then the Lakers would be like, shit, we got it. Like, hit the panic button because we don't have anything at that. Well, they've got stuff, but it's like. At that point, if they didn't get AD, it's like, oh, great. Now we got to compete with this in our own city. Even but, when the Clippers were good, they sucked. Everyone hated them. <laughs> CP3 was a dick. Blake Griffin was a dick. DeAndre Jordan, not very yeah. lovable, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I feel he like they now. actually did love him. Yeah. Luka helps him out. It was Lob yeah. City, man, the hype of Lob City. The other upside of this deal is it gets rid of a lot of long-term contracts from the Lakers. Mm-hmm. So it gives them more flexibility for the next year, following year, that after that. So, mm-hmm. like, I think all-in, yes, it makes them extremely top heavy of a mm-hmm. team like they have no depth at that point like they're literally rocking you know but does that matter come playoffs it doesn't that's the point and, and then that's where i want to get to it was like mm-hmm. look playoff time lebron's gonna play 40 plus ad's gonna play 40 plus <laughs> javel's gonna go out there he's gonna play as many minutes Soak as he can he got tyson minutes. chandler zubat last night actually looked like he played a whole game and then even then way. like with that if they do get AD, LeBron, and they add another max contract. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Saying that vets won't just sign vet minimums and yeah. you know, help out that the, team. They depth. will 100% get the Warriors straight. They got fucking then. boogie. I mean, with, the Warriors did that. They got boogie. I mean, you could if you have someone coming off an injury, you can just get somebody on a mid-level extension or a mid-level exception that's going to just help your team. So you're hoping, like, Kemba, like, breaks a knee, no. like, in the no. next month? God, no. Jesus Christ, no. Well, I'm trying to think of co- I mean, guys coming up on contracts. I'm not saying, like, that big Kemba's of a name. the only one I know. I'm not saying that big of a name, but, like, you know, <laughs> Sean Livingston wasn't, like, he was a good player, but was coming off an injury, and then it, yeah. you know, he had a whole long injury career, you know, a whole long injury history. Hey, man, D-Wade they signed take a vet man to come back. A good thing. He don't got to retire. <laughs> Oof. James Jones, I don't want to be a GM. I got to ride this coattail some more. <laughs> Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose can go sign a cheap contract. The last quick thing I do want to throw out there, though, and this is about the AD legacy, yeah. and this just popped into my head. Another reason why I feel like bef- sooner rather than later he will be with the Lakers is with his, house there? with his legacy quote, which legacy do you want, Scottie Pippen or Carl Malone? Do you want to be the, Malone. do you want to be the number two and have championships or the well, number one and never him, have a his, ring? 
outside of his personal life of being a scumbag. No, I'm saying basketball. Okay. Like, yeah, okay. Carl Malone was a I'm basketball saying player. basketball. Like, Ooh. do you want to be Scotty Pippen or Carl Malone? And Carl if Malone. I had those two choices, I'm taking Scotty Pippen. I'm taking those rings. No, I'm taking Carl Malone because I'm taking. But top five in scoring of all time. Don't mean a thing. One of the most dominant power forwards of all time. I mean, no, Carl Malone was a better player than Scotty Pippen. I'd rather be Scotty. I'd rather be Carl Malone rather, than be I, the number two. I'd rather have those rings. Six rings for Scotty Pippen is a lot. But that's true. I'm but sorry. How many of those I, were his? Well, that's the debate. Like that's the I, I legacy shows. I'm with Ricky on this one. That's not like a Chicago thing. It's just like I would rather be a six-time champion. Then be one of the greatest all time scorers at my position, players in my position. But even then, if the Lakers Scottie's do still get... looked upon as a top like player. 10 small forward, so like, well, yeah, no, Scotty Pippen was still extremely talented. Yeah, I'm, I'm just it's saying, not... like, there, there is a talent if you're gap, ranking, wrong, if you're ranking but... players, yeah, Carl Malone's above Scotty Pippen. Yeah. Scotty Pippen's not too far behind, right? But Michael Jordan so clearly you, won those championships for the Bulls. Mm-hmm. If you take you take Michael Jordan off those. The Bulls teams, they're not winning those rings. Right, you end up with those in between years where he took them to the playoffs but mm-hmm. couldn't win. Because that's what is, I feel like yeah. AD's legacy. Like, if he goes plays with LeBron, you're not the one to LeBron. You're the two to LeBron. But if you stay in New Orleans, you're the best player on that team, but you ain't beating LeBron Big in fish, the small market? I Plus disagree because he's, he's so dominant. He's not even in his prime yet. He's about to probably be defensive player of the year again. Um, defensive player of the year for the first time. Um, six-time All-Star four-time All-NBA team, probably top two finisher in MVP. It depends on where they finish the Pelicans because I don't think he's going to get traded. Um, if they're the num- if they're a playoff team, though, I'd like, love to do another topic on like how the Pelicans can like fix their franchise. Like how do you how do you take AD to that next level? I don't know, but I mean, you look at his stats and they're fucking stupid. Twenty-eight point one points per game, twelve point six boards, four point seven assists, two point seven blocks, one point seven steals on fifty shooting, thirty-three from three, and 80% from the line. Like, insane. Yeah. Oh, no, he, he's incredible. He's he's absolutely Stupid. incredible. But, again, you can't win with one. Mm-hmm. That That's what we've learned in recent years. But I don't, But also the Pelicans, like, this is something where if you trade Anthony Davis away and you're not able to be rebuilt, then you're immediately thrown into but, the whole Seattle thing. So, no, no, so no then let's, you let's might take be the guys that were moving. Let's, uh, let's say that trade did happen. You mm-hmm. get Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, KCP for the one year until you push them out the door. Mm-hmm. Um, you got Miritich and Julius Randle. You have the Lakers again. <laughs> KCP, four Lakers, I, and then yeah. Julius Randle. You have the Lakers of 20, whatever. But now they're all a year older, year better. So I don't know. I think that's a, that's a good start, at least. It might not be the best start if you wait till the Celtics, but you have Drew Holiday, it's too. a good. Yeah, as I say, like, that's not a bad team by any means. Do they still make the playoffs? They trade Anthony Davis to get that package to them. I, weird, I weirdly think that, yeah. like, they are, like, net minus, like, Three games tops. Well, then you, you get plus minus three you get, games uh, quicker, right? Because I mean, you're getting rid of Anthony oh Davis, God, and yeah. you're going to speed up that. Because then you have to play Solomon Hill. You don't have to play like you know some yeah. of these slower guys. You have a trailing Nikola Mirotic for these three balls. Yep. You have Julius Randle. Be a fun team. It would be a really fun team. I, I I'm totally with you. They go they go like <laughs> right to the top of fun. All teams. right, let's say the 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 ma- the last question, the max package for the Lakers uh, versus uh, a, a like a seventy five percent offer from the uh, the Celtics. So like. You know, some of their picks, and they don't give up JT, they give up Jalen Brown. All right. So, Jalen Brown, like three picks? Yeah. <laughs> so, w- which one would you rather take if you're the Celtics? Honestly? Or if you're the Pelicans? Yeah. Honestly, this year's draft class at this point, because all those picks are mid range right now, like that 
you know, the Kings are doing way better than anyone expected, which is awesome. Uh, but because they're all like mid to late, I would take the 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 Lakers, Lakers pick. Hundred, I would take the Lakers uh, draft capital on that because Ricky. yeah, I am going Pel. If I'm on the Pelican side. I'm taking the Laker offer all day, every day. Give me Lonzo, give me Kuzma, give me B.I. guys that have already been in the NBA compared to me making my own choice of who to draft in the it's Laker. Okay. Known, but... Ta- all right, then fine. Last question. Tatum mm-hmm. and Brown for the three Lakers. I'm taking no Tatum picks. Brown. No picks on the other side. I'm taking the three Lakers. Tatum Brown, no problem. Why? Uh, for me, yeah. uh, I think that... Jason Tatum's still probably going to end up being at the top five, like small Which forward. Which is weird that you like chose that because you're always calling uh, JT overrated. I am. I don't care. <laughs> in like seven years, he's going to be like a top five small forward. Um, or during that time, he will be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Jalen Brown, we haven't gotten to see the best out of him because he's had inconsistent playing time because they're so stacked yeah. at the wing position. So I think that you put them on a team where you can basically move Drew back to the one, Jalen Brown at the two, and uh, JT at the three. Like that, and then Miritich and Randall. Yeah, I, mean, I, don't, that I, I don't love Nico, but whatever. Well, I mean, just to, yeah, he's, he's, he's the best. Fit. He's a, yeah. you know, a, a, at least player. I'm rolling Jaw out there at the five. <laughs> well, I'm jo- I mean, no, the reset, skinny Jaw at the four. Skinny the four, and the resigning Michael Oak four. Yeah. Um. What? Do you, what why? Why Lakers over? Kind of similar thing Tatum. to what Dave, except I get an extra. Like I don't like playing Nico out there all the time. Cool. How I have it I is do like Kuzma Lonzo, Nico, <laughs> Lonzo at the one. You move Drew to the two. You get B.I. at the three. Kuz and Miritich can switch on the four. And then, like, what, Jot the five? You just figure out the five. Randall, Randall at the five. Yeah. Like, you just figure it out at that point. Have them two switch. Like, Jot can come in and play the four. And it works a little bit better. The thing you get is, depth, you're, you're, getting, the, playoff you're getting the better player in Jason Tatum. Right. Uh, in in, in the, the Celtics deal. Yeah. Um, and Jalen Brown. I think will probably be better than Brandon Ingram. He has potential to be, So, absolutely. like, you're getting three starters, for sure, with the Lakers, but mm-hmm. the potential, I think, is greater on the side of uh, of the, what's it called, the, the Celtics. Celtics, yeah. Because I think that Lonzo probably has the highest ceiling of any of these players, um, at least uh, for the Lakers. Um, I would say that Tatum has a higher ceiling than, than Lonzo. Um, so I'd probably say if I was ranking those players, it would probably be Tatum, Lonzo, Brown, Ingram, Kuzma, because I know Kuzma's putting up like 18 points per game. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a very capable scorer, but... Wait, say that one more time, in order? Tatum. Tatum. Zoe. Yep. Brown. B.I. Kuzma. Yeah, Jalen Brown versus B.I., I don't know. I, I'm still leaning uh, Brandon Ingram. He's just got the length, and like, if he... Well, my thing is that... He's very system-dependent, and right now with LeBron, like... I'd hoped he would be able to fill in really well as uh, his two-man, mm-hmm. but like it's clearly Kuzma. My thing is that I've seen more from Jalen in, in some places where yeah. Ingram does have more potential, Right. where also Brown, I think he has more confidence in his game, and Ingram, I feel like we've consistently seen, it's a struggle to get him confident. And That's I don't fair. think that next-level drive has been there yet in the NBA, Yeah. and he is still very young. He can develop. He's only 22 years old. Um, so I think he can you know develop that drive at some point mm-hmm. but brown being in the playoffs having that kick in the ass being under brad stevens i think gary has that drive so at worst he will always be hustling his ass off he was yeah. always he'll always be contributing and maybe bi will have that next level you know ceiling but i think again it's something where the floor is higher okay. on on brown ceiling might be lower but i yeah. think the the difference there 
you know, the floor it's is very low, I think, for Ingram. Yeah. Because, again, you know, right now he's putting up 15 points per game, but it's not an efficient one. And, you know, he's not really, you know, I don't think he has that team leader in him. Yeah. I think, you know, his 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 role right now, he might end up being delegated to a bench player if he's not able to turn it up. Yikes. It, it, well, in the years when he's, you know, coming up to, like, 26, 27, and he's only, he's, like, sticking around the same place he is when he's 21, what's the point of putting him in there if you know what you're getting from him out, you know, compared to a, a young rookie that you just drafted? But that, that's what I'm saying. I, I still... I think, weirdly, you're not giving him, like, the potential he's due for is, is crazy because well, the, again, we, we saw him with a clear shot. Like you said, it, it's partially confidence. I think a lot of it comes down to the system he's playing right now, why he's underachieving. But that we're, we're stuck in a wait and see. Like, I, mm-hmm. I think that he's obviously the first guy out the door on this LeBron team. Like, I've seen enough to know that, like, that's just not going to work. He needs the ball in his hands too much. Uh, he obviously can create, like, as a primary ball handler, secondary ball handler, but... No, it's just their system, LeBron's system, not for B.I. And I, I know Brown has been bad this year, but I think, again, he's not getting consistent playing time. Where right. Ingram is getting that playing time. He's not able to find his role. And you're right. He needs the the right system around him. Um, but then will Elvin Gentry be able to put that yeah. on him? No, so, yeah, and then with Brown, I know that he's going to be able to pl- be plug and play. And I think once he gets those minutes, he'll be able yeah. to show that, that that potential that I'm talking about. Cool. Um, that's going to do it. Um, we're all thinking that AD to the Lakers is not likely this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ricky's thinking that it is going to happen at some point. Um, Dave, you're... I am as well. Okay. All right. And then I, I think that we'll, we'll need to see a little bit more because obviously the Celtics have a lot of firepower. And then if he hits free agency... We'll have to see what happens because be crazy. maybe LeBron finally hits a cliff in in twenty twenty one and or twenty is it twenty 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 one? I believe that's when it comes to free agency. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. it's the twenty twenty uh, full season. Yeah, so yeah. twenty 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 one. We'll have to see where uh, the the NBA landscape is and uh, where the power leans because I think he will go to the power and try to build that legacy uh, mm-hmm. that he was talking about. But let's move into our NBA trade wish list, and this segment is going to be <laughs> a mess. Uh, it's we, gonna be fun are known for throwing out terrible trades that are not, you know, likely to happen. <laughs> and this is literally the trade. This is our excuse is saying mm-hmm. that these are things that we want to happen. We wish they would mm-hmm. happen. And if they are not accurate, they are not up to speed. They are not up to par. They are not up to uh, exact trade value. Um, it is a wish list. We are just wishing. We are just hoping. So if you want realistic trades, this is probably not the place to yeah. get it. We did our best. We mm-hmm. definitely put effort into making it as realistic as possible. But, Ricky, jump into it. Well, give, my, us, give us your first trade. My first one is I got to start with my hometown team. And a guy that we talked about just last week oh, is Jamari one, I Parker. I feel like this is going to be a big trade. Um, he needs to get moved. Get him out of town. Like, I cannot. The more I think about it, if we Paga saw this, I'm going to be pissed. Like, I remember being at work the day of the trade deadline and being like, man, I can't wait for who Paul Gasol gets moved for. And as I was a teacher, my kids were even like, hey, do you think the Bulls are going to move him? I'm like, cross your fingers. Let's hope he gets moved. <laughs> and then I got to, it was like a seventh grade class. The time is gone. They're like, Mr. Whitmer, the time is gone. I'm like, oh, let's check. And he wasn't trading. And then I was upset the rest of it. This one, though, Jabari to well, the Knicks. Well, here's the thing, though. Um, the mm-hmm. thing with Paul Gasol, he had trade value. Uh, Jabari doesn't. I know. Go ahead. I still want to get rid of him and get something <laughs> for him. And. The Knicks have been the Knicks and Jazz are the two teams that I've seen have shown interest in Jabari Parker. With the Jazz, they can't do it until uh, January fifteenth because they want to get favors off the books. But the one I have involves the Knicks, and it would be Jabari's the only thing the Knicks are getting. So they get that guy who has the club option for next year, so they can get rid of him 
and free up that 20 mil cap space. So they only take on 20 mil. The Bulls are only going to take on just over 19 mil. So we free up a mil in cap space right away. We take on Trey Burke, who a year contract, so there's another 1.75 or almost 1.8 that we can get rid of at the end of the year if we want. Here's the only caveat. We would have to take on the three-year deal. I believe it's two and a player out, but three-year deal for Tim Hardaway Jr., and that is $17.3 million. Wouldn't be the end of the world because maybe next year we can kind of— we're not a team that's expected to make a huge push in free agency this year, but it frees up a little bit of cap space. And also, we can then use a guy, hey, we'll do this all, all again next year. The only thing that I would throw out there is I feel like the Knicks would have to throw us a pick for taking on mm. this cap space. And I don't think the Knicks would give us a 2020 first, but I think it would have to be, all right, we'll take your second pick this year, which will be the least favorable of Orlando, Cleveland, or Houston. Wouldn't be excited about that one, but... I think that they would have to either throw in this year's second or next year's first. I think you'd be getting second-round picks, maybe two seconds mm-hmm. in, in that. But the thing is with, with that trade is I think it, it does make sense in some ways. I mean, obviously, Tim Hardaway, you look at the Bulls, they're probably going to be trading Justin Holiday. So with that, you need to fill out some offensive output if you, you know. Yeah, you we don't want to get and score. Yeah, I mean, you, you need mm-hmm. some help on that. And, and Tim Hardaway is going to be providing that for the next three years. And I mean, he's not a great player, but he does provide similar production to Justin Holiday. And it's two and a player up, so we're – Kind of in the same situation. Wait, do you say similar to Justin Holiday from Tim Hardaway Jr.? What he writes way more offense. He's talking to you. Yeah. Oh, I'm just saying like <laughs> positional, <laughs> positional wise. Oh, okay. I was like, yeah, Tim Hardaway Jr. is like <laughs> he's averaging like 18 score. Yeah, like yeah. 18 to. I mean, don't get me wrong. Justin Holiday's mm-hmm. become like a three and D fucking genius. But like they the have last similar year, but... play styles. Like they're not like you know Justin Tim... Holiday, Tim Hardaway. They both take you know a decent amount of threes. They both drive. Yeah, both Tim just guys. needs the ball in his hands more. Yeah. Uh, Holiday's more of a plug and play. But yeah, no, I totally agree. Like it. The Bulls would need his scoring. We desperately, mm-hmm. like, when Zach's not, like, playing a full game, Jesus Christ, we can't put the ball in the bucket. Yeah, and Trey Burke has fallen out of favor in New York, too, because, I mean, they have mm-hmm. Moutier, they have Frank, they have... Uh, Lonzo Trier. Lonzo Trier. I mean, they have a lot of guards that, you Getting know, paid. moving out. Trey Burke, who, you know, has gotten some DMPs uh, recently, and he does have a stretch of, you know, his four games back in uh, November of 24 points, 31 points, 19 points, 29 points. Better than Archie Diakono. So oh, yeah, he, he's it, a, it's an upgrade to the Bulls. I think it helps the, the Knicks out. He's a solid six man. I, I, I like the trade from both sides, actually. Um, it's just kind of like a weird thing because I don't know why Jabari Parker doesn't work <laughs> in my brain. But like when you watch him on the court, you're just like, that guy's not great at basketball. But yet he gets points. Mm-hmm. He still gets some rebounds. He just he's has absolutely a, zero hustle game on here or there. And the only other thing, too, is like, how would he fit with? Uh, Kevin Knox because they both play the well, four, but and that's the thing that's something you'll figure out with the They'll Knicks. Come off the bench, they don't even care. They're in my mind the Knicks. This is a straight move of deal with them this year. He's gone next year because they mm-hmm. want to make bigger things happen in free agency. Dave, give us your first trade. First trade is going down between the Orlando Magic and the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, came up with this one pretty much on the fly earlier. <laughs> Kemba, yeah, it's Ooh. it's Nick Batum and Kemba going to the Magic <laughs> for Vucevic, Terrence Ross. DJ Augustine and probably a second rounder. Why? Why do each team uh, do that? So the Hornets do this because they need to get Nick Batum's contract off the books and start rebuilding. This gives them back Vucevic, who's on a one-year deal, 
if they really love Boofs, they can re-sign him long-term. Terrence Ross, one-year deal. DJ Augustine, they just need a point guard to continue playing because they're basically down to Tony Parker at that point. So two years at 7-5 or 7-2-5 is not an awful contract, honestly. He's as much crap as we give the mm-hmm. magic about not having a point guard. He's a solid backup point guard. He's not a bad player. He's right. just a bad starting player. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I think that this kind of gives them you know, the flexibility to move forward with their future, not having to worry about Nick Batum and his $27 million next year, I think. So... And then the Magic get the chance to wine and dine Kemba Walker for a year. Here's the thing is, though, technically, yep. the Magic are giving up the best player in this trade. And straight up. I agree. <laughs> really? <laughs> I'm just saying. Hold on. <laughs> That's smart. I couldn't hold that one. Straight I couldn't hold You're that too one. real on that one. Uh, no, like, Boosvich is playing out of his mind. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but Kemba Walker and a point guard in Orlando... That's just a dream made in heaven, in my mind. Mm -hmm. I think that they go all in to try to sell him on staying because their young core then, young core, their core becomes, you know, Aaron Gordon, Kemba, uh, Fournier, Isaac, Bamba, and I think that that group right there Mm -hmm. is worth some consideration in the long term. Jonathan Isaac has been nasty. I'll be just I love the man. Nasty. I'll be completely honest. My, I've got a third one that neither of you two know about, just to let them know. Yeah, It's got this team involved in it, the Magic. And okay. I just love it to where it's like, I look at it and go, when are the Magic going to make a move? Where it's like, they've got all these, we make fun of them for how many starters they got. And then they just keep drafting young players and adding to these yeah. players on their team. When are they going to go out and get a point? To me, it's a point guard. When are yeah. they going to go out and get that point guard and get a guy like Kemba Walker to be on this team? Well, Ricky... It's not Kemba Walker, but that's my first trade. Really? Uh, I want to see the Magic get a point oh my guard. God. And here's the <laughs> we thing. We all got Magic. We're all going to have Magic Here's, here's the thing. Awesome. Is that I have, Don't pick my I player. I had two trades uh, for, uh-huh. for the, the first team uh, that's going to be, be in here. Yeah. One was a selling one. One's, gonna be, one's a buyer one. Because mm-hmm. okay. we're, we're a long way from February. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they'll have Karis LeVert coming back, so maybe they do make a play, push for the playoffs. Ooh. But if they fall out of there, I think they need to get something for the player that's getting traded. Yeah. So if the Brooklyn Nets are bad, there is an asterisk, and I don't want. I'm not wishing for them to be bad, but I do want to see this player on the Orlando Magic. D'Angelo Russell goes to the Orlando Magic. The Brooklyn Nets get ty- uh, Terrence Ross and Wesley Owundu. That is for uh, cap space to to, to 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 make that sure that goes through. Um, but then also picks would be going to uh, to Brooklyn because mm-hmm. Orlando, you get something for D'Angelo Russell because mm-hmm. you're not sure if he's going to resign and how much money he's going to be worth. And then if he's worth too much money, you don't want to be paying him and Spencer Dinwiddie the same amount. Or at least, you know, they don't want to be paying them both a ton because they play the same position. Um, and then also with the Nets, you get Terrence Ross, who's a capable scorer. Um, he can resign. Uh, I don't know about $10.5 million for him, but he's been yeah. playing really damn good. Um, and Wesley Wondu is just, you know, a small contract um, that you can get rid of. He's not playing a ton of minutes. So I would like to see the Nets clear up some space. Some, some cap space and also get some clarity to that team going mm-hmm. next year. You're going to have you know 11 million coming off the books next year. If you do make this trade, you're going to be able to go out and get a free agent. And then also you can have Den- Dinwiddie start. And then the Magic, you get a young point guard in D'Angelo Russell, a proven scorer. That's something that will help because Aaron Gordon isn't a go-to scorer exactly. Mm-hmm. He's been putting up some nice numbers uh, for sure. Evan Fournier's hot and cold. He's a good shooter. Yeah. D'Angelo Russell at his peak can be a go-to scorer. Night Ice in, in the veins, mm-hmm. man. That. And it's funny because, like, literally last night, like, he had three points. He had, like, an awful <laughs> shooting game. Like, one of ten or some garbage. Yeah, one of eight. Um, one of eight, okay. But I don't know. Like, that one, that deal scares me because I haven't – what we saw, and I know it was only, you know, part of a season, was Dinwiddie and Lavert out there together did not have a great uh, synergy. Like, 
they just didn't work well together because where D'Lo provides like that outside shooting and that confidence, like even if he ain't gonna make it, he's gonna take that shot. He has that self confidence in regardless of the situation. Shooter's gonna shoot, man. So like I that's I like that pairing a lot, but I agree with you. He might have the ego where he wants to get paid, uh, and you know it, it's due for him, I guess. So moving him out, they get. I think that's that. I think that's about a fair trade in my mind. I don't know if the fits gonna be perfect for Brooklyn. But it definitely gives the Magic something to really grasp onto and be happy about. I think the biggest thing too with him is then not only he won't be he won't be the only scorer on that team because right now you see those spurts that he gets into where he's shooting like one of eight and he's missing shots or yeah. he's going like four or fourteen uh, mm-hmm. for the field. He doesn't have another scorer to rely off of on that Brooklyn team. And then with Aaron Gordon, Evan Fournier, uh, Obama, if he ever develops that skill, Jonathan Isaac, if he ever develops that skill, Vucevic as well. I mean, I mean, he'll have capable scores on that team. Yep. Passing would go up for, for D'Angelo Russell. He's been a capable passer uh, this year before. He's had games of you know, 13, 11, oh, yeah. 9, 8, 7, 8. I mean, he, he can pass the ball. He Absolutely. can be a distributor. I think he'd be really fun on that Magic team. And then also, if that Magic team's still competing, that makes them a playoff team, I think. Because mm-hmm. it does take away Ooh. bench scoring from them. I mean, it's the East. It's not that big of a hot take. Um, it does take away bench scoring in, in <laughs> Terrence Ross, who has been very good Thank for you. them. But also, I think, you know, Dan, like we just said, yeah. uh, DJ Augustine is a very good bench player. Yeah. Um, and then D'Angelo Russell just makes that starting lineup even I better. I like it. I got a question to add on to yours, and this goes to the Nets. How would you guys feel with, in addition to them trying to get cap space to re-sign D'Lo, they send Alan Crabb and the Denver pick, which is right now the 28th pick in the first round, to the Kings to take on Costa Kufis, who would be gone at the end of the year. Those are some big names. So right? yeah, no, but I'm just you're giving away why, a first round pick to not have to deal with Alan Crabb. Exactly. Contract next like, year? would that be a smart move for the Nets to try to free up room to get rid of? Yes, right now they would have the eighth overall pick. Sure, but I don't think it's it sh- that money shouldn't go to D'Angelo Russell. That's the question is because who do you you're think? paying Dinwiddie, you're paying mm-hmm. D'Lo. I mean, you're paying what? You're paying for thirteen million cards. for a bench player if you're putting Dinwiddie on the bench. Which he he's a solid. I mean, he's Lou Williams esque range. Like he he is in that like he's a top yeah, five. Even six, then, nine. Lou Williams is making seven mil. Yeah, well, so Lou Williams took the discount. He was down the other side of thirty. I guess. So, I don't know, in my mind, like, I, I think that, yeah, you'd be committing a lot of money to the point guard position if you did decide to pay uh, D'Lo, but also, like, what are you going to do with that money this offseason? Do you think you've got a shot at anybody big? Because no. Jimmy Butler, I don't see him leaving the 76ers now. Mm-hmm. And I don't see... So, Kyrie Irving. Yeah. Uh, KD going to the Nets. I mean, anything like that. Kyrie could go to Brooklyn instead no, of New York. He's not. Um, he's I, not, I, go, he's not going is, anywhere. He's could. not going to the Nets. He's not okay. going. He's staying in Boston. Uh, give us your second trade. My second one, and I kind of flipped it around because you guys have kind of been on a magic train. Yeah, I'm going to keep the magic train going. They get John Wall, and they're going to give up. Nicole. This isn't an NBA no, Orlando no, 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 Magic no. trade. Wish. No. Why are you flipping up everything? Because no, you had three trades. Yeah, this was my third one, and I switched okay. it because right. I told right. you. All right. All right. All right. Two and three could both be my big one because okay. they both deal with a uh, Washington Wizard. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. But the Magic get John Wall. They give up Nikola Vucevic and Jerry and Grant, two guys that were kind of like Dave said. With Vuce, it's, hey, you know what? We can either, if we want to re-sign him, we can. If not, all of that $15.3 million is now off of the Washington Wizards' books. And the Magic would be giving up. About some some picks in there too. So they're f- some first rounders 
would go over to the Wizards as well. Magic get their point guard, a guy that they don't have to wine him and dine him, Dave. He's there in Orlando. They don't have to worry about it. A dynamic point guard. And the Wizards can either get a center that they really like or clear off all that contract space. I mean, Vucevic would be much-needed center for the uh, Wizards team. Better than Dwight Howard. Well, Dwight Howard can't sit down. His ass hurts too much. Uh, So, like, that's... It's an unfortunate injury that he's got mm-hmm. for a big man, but I like Busevich on that team. Don't get me wrong. I just don't know if I would, you know, how much money is he going to want from the, tw- what, he's at 15? No, he's at 12-7 mm-hmm. right now. So if, you know, if his contract was under 15, I'd be okay with keeping him. But, I mean, that Wizards team's already screwed on salary, so whatever. John Wall <laughs> eating $47 million, though, on that uh, Magic team. Do you think that because what of their market? What's up? We can pay in Orlando. That's what I'm saying. Like, do you think because <laughs> of the market, that's a smart investment on their part? Um... I think the only team that does take him is a, a, a small market team that doesn't, you know, like a mm-hmm. Phoenix, like a, like a Orlando, or like, yeah. I, I think like that a Detroit would be the maybe, because Detroit can eat a contract way too. too. No, they can't. Yeah, they, they can. Drummond and Blake Griffin. Would make I mean, they'd have to make the salaries work, but they could get it done. Have to move. Um, what's his face, Jack Reggie, no. Reggie, Reggie, Reggie Jackson. I, I don't see Detroit doing it. They have way too much. Money I'm just saying on. they could. Yeah. Um. Or like a Cleveland, like mm-hmm. there has to be a small team that's really bad. Yep. Um. So I think Orlando would have to be like Orlando would be a good fit for John Wall if he is going to get moved. I still mm-hmm. think taking on that money is idiotic. Um. But that's just me. Um. Dave, give us your second trade. Sure. This one's gonna get a little complicated. Uh, <laughs> he's, got, he's got notes. I got a little notepad because it's it. Well, the trade machine doesn't let you move guys yeah. who aren't eligible yet, and some of the guys in this trade aren't <laughs> eligible until the. 23rd of January. Mm-hmm. So the Celtics are going to get Kevin Love and Ben McLemore. The Cleveland Cavaliers are going to get the Clippers first rounder, Shump, Harry Giles, and probably a future second, or maybe, may, yeah, probably a future second from the Kings or a future one down the line even further. And the Kings get Gordon Hayward. So what I pictured when I went into this was <laughs> Gordon Hayward's been underperforming. Mm-hmm. Kevin Love injured right now, yes, but again, January 23rd is a magical date. He'll be back around that time, mm-hmm. and he provides them a great score from the outside. He can play outside or inside, honestly, at the four. Uh, he's one of the best rebounding fours in the NBA, which is an area where they really suck at uh, as a team. So he addresses two of their needs right off the bat, gives them great playing time. He's got championship experience. He's been through the biggest moments in the NBA. Uh, Penn and McMore is pretty much just a throw-in contract just to make time work, and if someone gets injured, whatever. I don't care. Uh, Cleveland. Great turnaround. They get Harry Giles, a guy with a ton of upside. I know the Kings love him, so I, I as a fan of like <laughs> the Kings rebuild, am like struggling to like move him on this one. But they get Giles. They get a first rounder from that Clippers pick. It's probably going to be a mid twenties, uh, maybe a late teens at best for them. Uh, and then Shump basically just to fill contract. He's on a one year deal. They might be able to do something with that. He's been there before. He's not. He's not a bad player. He's mm-hmm. just you know whatever. And then the Kings get Gordon Hayward, someone who, redemption arc. Like, let's see if, you know, his time in Boston hasn't been great. He's getting paid a ton of money right now. So he gets now. to go and play in Sacramento. He gets to play in Sacramento, which is low-key. $31 million to play on a team that is exceeding all expectations mm-hmm. this year. So his expectations coming in, not super high. Well, and here's the first thing I think of. Could it be a similar, could he kind of tap into those Utah Jazz days because it's a... I want to say smaller market team. Yeah. And it's a team where he can then be the guy again like he was with well, the Jazz. Well, he's not the guy. That's De'Aaron Fox. Well, true. 
But I mean, he could be but more of a got, guy in Sacramento than he is in Boston. I mean, Boston. in Boston, yeah. One for thing, sure. one thing though, was why? Why do you think they need to get rid of him already, and then also get K Love? Because right now Hayward, I would say he's younger. Hayward um, is younger. Yeah, I believe he's younger. Yeah. Um, he's twenty eight. I think K Love's twenty nine thirty. Yeah. Um, you look at Gordon Hayward too, in since eleven twenty one, so about the past month. Um, he has put up twelve four four on forty two and forty shooting. So I mean, he hasn't been K level numbers. Yeah. But also, he might be getting back into the swing of things. And K Love hasn't been extremely healthy. That's my biggest thing with that is I know you know K Love's a better player than Gordon, Gordon, Gordon Hayward, Hayward is redundant. That's why I view him. I view Kevin Love as more valuable, even with the injury concern, um, because Ke- Kevin Love serves a role that they don't have. And they what, what's that need. role? It's a four who can play solid defense, who can shoot from three, and who is the best rebounding four or one of the best rebounding fours in the current NBA. Mm-hmm. Like he brings those three things. Where Gordon Hayward's game, you can say that honestly, Jason Tatum can play similar to him. You can say that you know he has that re- level of redundancy where you're already taking time away from players. Like we talked about with Jalen Brown, a guy who probably deserves more minutes than he you know uh is getting right now Mm -hmm. and he can't get them because they're so overloaded with guys at the wing position so it solves one problem for you and gets you a player who has a better upside right now than gordon hayward obviously you said he's he's still getting better but 31 million dollars is not what i'm paying for 12 4 and 4 that's fair and i I, I, but also then you're taking a a risk but he has a contract that's also shorter than k-love k-love's five years and i think what 129 129, uh, I think was his, what he signed for. Um, I'm pulling that off the top of my head, so I, I yeah. could be wrong on that. But um, I just think that's a lot of money. And you're like, you, you talk about that role that he's trying to fit. Yep. Marcus Moore so far has kind of fit that role outside of the rebounding aspect. Because yeah. they are still a very bad rebounding team, but he's shooting very efficiently from three, 42% from three on 5.1 attempts. He's playing decent defense. I mean, we saw him last year in the playoffs. Like, he can turn it up to that notch yep. of defending LeBron, I don't think K-Love K- K- can do that. That's where yeah, I... Yeah, K-Love played defense in the one play that mattered. That's true, but... He can rise to any occasion. I don't think he can do it for a series. I think And that can occasion... lose you a series. I, ju- I just worry about his injuries and then also that contract and that, that length he's going to be on. That's going to handicap you from getting a guy like AD who we just talked about. That's that's my biggest concern with this trade, but it is a wish. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a wish, and I also like what it brings to their matchup against the Raptors because I think that... You know, Pascal Siakam is like kind of a wild wild card right now for the Raptors with how well he's playing. And I think that Kevin Love gives them a different dynamic that they don't really have an answer to. So, I don't know. It's a wish. It'd be interesting. I'm sure I'm going to get a shit ton of hate for moving Gordon <laughs> it's Hayward. It's fun. Fuck it. If you, but, if, yeah. if, mm-hmm. if you hate it, you Let don't like know. fun. Let me know. This is this is NBA basketball. If you don't like this, you're not having fun. Uh, <laughs> let's go to the next trade. Uh, I have uh, Kemba Walker, uh, one that yeah. Dave had. Uh, Charlotte Hornets getting Patty Mills. Lonnie Ooh. Walker the fourth and Chemezi Matu, San Antonio Spurs get Kemba Walker. They need hmm. to quicken the pace. They need to shoot some threes. They need to turn it up a notch. The San Antonio Spurs, they got a first-round pick that I think would be nice to Charlotte. I think that Kemba probably won't re-sign. I could, wouldn't be too shocked if he did, but I think that I would probably put it put money on him not re-signing. I think that you got to make this trade. You're a team that should be making the playoffs. Right now, you're not making the playoffs. You don't look like a tough team to beat in the Western Conference. But I think if you add a point guard that is very dynamic, like Kemba Walker, 
you should go out and do it. And Greg Popovich is not getting any younger. Mm-hmm. And Lonnie Walker probably won't be hitting that peak when Greg Popovich is there. Chimezi mm-hmm. Matu is a player that's intriguing. Uh, but I don't think he's a player that is going to be very effective um, in the long run, especially when Greg Popovich is at his peak. Kemba Walker is it is his peak. He's effective now, and I think that would be the signing that you need to make because he can help DeMar DeRozan. He can help LaMarcus Aldridge. He can help Paul Gasol. He can help Rudy Gay. And he can also bring that outside shooting and at a volume level that I think you do need. And he's going to open up the space. He's going to open up the floor. He can open up DeMar DeRozan on that uh, you know right side, right elbow that he loves to do. He could open up LaMarcus Aldridge on the baseline on the left side. He can help this team in their current state mm-hmm. just be modernized just by adding one player. I think it, it works uh, money-wise. Uh, Kemba's only making 12 mil this year. Uh, Patty Mills is worth 11. Uh, Lonnie Walker and Chemezi Matu are just added on just for you know sweetener. Mm-hmm. And that first-round pick, again, I don't think you're going to be adding a player that's going to be helpful right away because you're outside of those top players right. of Zion, Cam, and, Ar- uh, and Romeo. And then also if you start Whoa. winning because you had Kemba Walker— you're going to be out of that, you know, lottery anyways. And I mean, as of right now, today they actually are in the playoffs, so it's like you're not in. Yeah, but it's, it's it so, it could flip. I mean, like, when this post, they could in. be yeah. you know 14th. Right. I'm just saying, as of recording, they are mm-hmm. in, so it's like they could be out of the lottery as well. I actually like I like that because of like you mentioned, Demar Derozan, and I think back to his time with the Raptors, and obviously Kemba Walker is better than Kyle Lowry in my mind, but. I wonder if if the Spurs had a point guard, even like how the Raptors had Kyle Lowry, yeah. what that could do for DeMar DeRozan to have a guy at the one that he can play off of and not have to be just the solo guy. Plus, Kemba Walker to me, better scorer than Kyle Lowry, and I'm not like dissing Kyle Lowry. I'm just, I like yeah, Kemba Lowry's Walker better. Yeah, Lowry's a better better defender. Yeah. But, that's, but it's someone to play off of DeMar and provide scoring rather than, Here's the ball. I'm just going to assist you so the ball. basically you're going all in on this year for the Spurs because like, I think Lonnie Walker has the top potential, and I don't forget about DeJounte Murray, who is definitely their future back. point guard, who is an all-defensive player yes, with a growing offensive game. Mur- Murray is a guy that I think could play the two, and then you could move DeMar to the three. It's going to make tough Ooh. difficult. Yeah. But also, gonna DeJounte isn't difficult. here, right? DeJounte isn't going to be here this year. Maybe yeah. he goes to the bench. I, I I think that you could figure out a way for it to work. Okay. Because you might just need to go small in the mm-hmm. one through three, but then go big with Lamarcus and Paul Gasol. Uh, that, I, I, it's I think, an interesting one because it like Kemba makes them relevant this year, and like you said, if you get to the playoffs and somebody else gets injured, like you get hot at the right time. Like I would not want to play against Kemba Walker, Demar Derozan, Lamarcus Aldridge in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. And especially cardiac Kemba. Like, that's the one thing yeah. I want. I want to fucking see Car- fucking Kemba, Kemba playoffs, in the playoffs. Let's do it. Dropping 50, hitting those step back, you Ooh. know, top of the key jumpers. Like, yep. I want it. I want him in a, I want him in the playoffs. I want him to be a coach. I want him to be successful. I mean, and I think the San Antonio Spurs are the, you know, the most successful franchise uh, of my lifetime. Technically, he'd Go be in the playoffs him. right now. They're the the Hornets are the sixth seed. In the weak East. In the weak East, they play, they play the Pacers, who maybe they could beat in a playoff Not matchup but i wouldn't put money he's, been, he's been in the playoffs before and he's been in the playoffs before and he's just gotten bounced yeah no i know it's but just gonna I'm happen the same he thing. is in the first playoffs. round bounce yeah. i know but he's been, like so like, like jeremy lynn trying to carry him yeah i mean like he's been in the playoffs mm-hmm. he's had played 11 games and you know both of them have been one game series or you know one round series one was a seven series uh seven game series loss the other was a four game series loss yep mm-hmm. so i mean go to the san antonio spurs we have more of a shot 
and maybe you get to the fifth seed and you play the Los Angeles Lakers, then you get to move on to the you know to the next round. Like you even have the possibility to go up to the three seed um, mm-hmm. because the West is that compact. So I, I think Kemba it's changes intriguing. that team for sure. It's intriguing, Ricky. Final My trade. last one. It's another Wizards player getting moved, Bradley Beal. And he's going out west because there's a team we talked about earlier in the podcast that we said could get a certain Anthony Davis but probably won't this year. They go ahead and get Bradley Beal. They go and trade KCP, B.I., Lance Stevenson. The Wizards get B.I., who's the the real prize of this. KCP and Lance Stevenson are contracts that are done at the end of the year. And they're just going to get picks from the Lakers. I know they're not going to be top 10 picks or lottery picks, but they're getting first round picks from the Lakers and the Lakers get a guy, get a name that can maybe help them or definitely help them this year make kind of a run so that then they can go, okay, here's another. We can add maybe one more and kind of accelerate this push to try to get something out of LeBron this year rather than say, oh, let's wait for next year. Let's let's wait and see what we're going to get. No, AD's not on the table this year. We're going to get something to make a run this year. Yeah, I definitely think Bradley Beal is uh, a whole lot better than B.I., KCP, and uh, Stevenson combined. So I, w- I would pull the trigger if I were the Lakers on that kind of deal because Beal's just been playing lights out. Would you if you were the Wizards, though? Like, are the Wizards getting enough? No, That's I'm, what I'm not I giving up Bradley Beal upon the Wizards. Okay. I think he's, he's the one player out of their team I actually love. So, no. Uh, but I think that the Lakers, if you have a chance to do this, 100% should pull the trigger. Like, Bradley Beal, like I said, been playing lights out as of late, uh, putting up 20-plus a game, five assists plus, five rebounds plus. Like, he's doing everything, and he's doing it efficiently, and he plays good defense. Like, there's there's nothing not to love about Bradley Beal, and his fit on that Lakers team would be amazing because mm-hmm. it gives them a solid knockdown shooter. Mm-hmm. Someone confident out there when LeBron James doesn't want to take a last shot, Bradley Beal's a guy I'm like, <laughs> And the one thing, too, is with, with when we were talking about AD to, to mm-hmm. LA, if they got rid of the big three for AD, yep. it would take away their, their speed. If they get rid of Brandon Ingram and KCP, that doesn't really slow down nope. their speed. They still mm-hmm. have Lonzo, they still have Kyle. Yep. Beal is very capable of running the break. Yeah. I think that, that would be a really effective trade. But then we get to the question of you're, then you're not going to be getting AD because you know, you're not going to be able to trade for him. And then you're probably going to would handicap. Would it be the your, end of the world, though? I don't think. But so. then you're going to be. But but are you are you really capping yourself off on the potential that you could be as a team mm-hmm. not getting eighty and then also a, a max because you still have the ability to get a max this year if you do you know get uh, Bradley Beal. But then it's LeBron, make a run X at Clay. and Bradley Beal. Make a run at Clay. Get a guy. You like You don't Clay think there's enough over- overlap? Too much overlap in Clay and Beal. I with that point, it'd be like let's get some scoring. Let's why just would get you go scoring. After, then why threes. would you get Kevin Durant? Kevin Durant is scoring and threes. Then why would you get Kevin Kawhi Durant, Leonard? He's scoring and threes. I was just thinking. I don't know if Kevin Durant wants to come and play with LeBron James. I think, he, I think K- it's a Kawhi Leonard I think thing in my KD mind. KD is him. more. I think KD is more uh, likely to go to LA than Clay Thompson is. Why would he leave? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes. Yeah, I agree with that. But I just don't think that KD to L.A. is going to be. KD to the Lakers isn't going to be a thing. I'd believe KD to the Clippers before KD to the Lakers. Really? Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think. I, in my mind, I don't see Kevin Durant wanting to play with LeBron James. I don't see that. <sighs> All right, well, that's... Unless he, unless it's a thing where it's like, I got more rings than you anyways. I don't give a crap. Like, that's <laughs> the only reason. Otherwise... I think he wants to go against LeBron and beat LeBron rather than play with him. Interesting. Interesting. I have always said that I don't think KD's going to, to, to Lakers, but I think Clay mm-hmm. is just so much 
a Golden State guy, yeah. I think he wants to stick around. Yeah. That's why I say that. I think I, I think that I think KD wants to beat LeBron more than Kawhi does, mm-hmm. and I think that Clay wants to be more loyal than any mm-hmm. of them. So that's why I would say Kawhi has the best. You don't want to be going. no snake. Yeah, I think no Kawhi snake. has the best shot of going. Uh, Dave Lestrade. Sure. Uh, I I have a couple. The problem is like we've been doing so many Warriors trades, or not Magic. Warriors. Uh, Wizards. wizards so many wizards trades i'm like i'm almost fading on it <laughs> this one's just mostly a an fu though because i want luca to have some help so i'm going john wall for west matthews and Dennis smith jr uh obviously his contract's not ideal mm-hmm. uh but i also don't think the fit with Dennis smith jr and luca Doncic is ideal either i think Dennis smith is a creator uh he he's dominant with the ball in his hands his shooting's gotten better this year but it's better. still not it still doesn't look right with the flow of the offense changing completely as soon as he's in the game running point versus Luca running point. Mm-hmm. So I want John Wall in the game because I know John Wall has played with someone who ball in hands like Bradley Beal is very good. I think that Luca is able to I think Luca would be much better to work with John Wall than Dan Smith Jr. Basically at the, at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. And you can throw picks in if you want, because obviously like Dan Smith Jr. is not as valuable as John Wall, so Yes, the Mavs would have to give up a future something, not this year because it's obviously pretty much protected outside of the mm-hmm. top five, but um, you'd have to throw some future capital that way. But I just think that if you think Luca's a guy, you've got a really interesting time window where you could invest outside of him. Well, not just that. This year, I think, yeah, they're only a game out as of today where we're recording this, but if they get John Wall, even with getting rid of uh, Dennis Smith Jr., I think John Wall makes them a playoff team like instantly this year, where it's like they could be seven, eight. Would they win that first round game? Probably not, but like they would be all right. We're a playoff team, and now we can build from this and see if we could maybe be like a Denver, where Denver was a team where last year they were kind of fighting for that eight seed. And then it's like in one year, boom, look at what can do when you have that team that works together and gels together. Yeah. I think. Like it, it makes sense for Dallas because it always seems like Cuban wants a big name, mm-hmm. and John Wall is a big name, mm-hmm. and they haven't had success getting free agents. So that dance has been relevant in eight yeah, years. That's the John Wall. Um, <laughs> thank you for explaining why you were doing the John Wall in the a John Wall audio, segment. Audio listeners can't hear, can't see me. Sean, well, when I said I that dance, and we're talking about John, John Wall, Wall, I think people are are they're not stupid. Mm, I didn't call, our our I'm listeners not are not stupid. stupid just they listen saying. to us, and I think that might be the stupidest <laughs> uh, thing they do. Yeah, yeah. But they're not stupid. Right. Um, but it does seem like he, he wants a big name, and they haven't been able to do that in free agency outside of DeAndre Jordan. So maybe you just go out and make that trade. I think it could make sense, but also, again, shocker, I've said this before, I don't want to take on $47 million yep. mm-hmm. of John Wall's contract. Super true. My last one is getting Luca help as uh, well, because Dave and I are the same person. Uh, <laughs> Dallas gets Tim Hardaway Jr. Oh. And Frank Nielakina. Frank. I have. Just Frank. No, it's Frank Nielakina. I know. All right, Ricky. It's like Igor. Just no, Ricky. I'm just going to call you Ricky. I'm going to say your last name. Ricky. All right. Ricky. Ricky, that, that's Richard, my name, though. Richard, Richard, that's my Richard, name too. Richard, Rich. Richard, Richard, Rick. Richard. It's another, another. Tim Hardaway of my Jr. Name. and Frank. <laughs> I, I could just say Tim Hardaway. We trade his dad. You could. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. and Frank Nielakina uh, for Wesley Matthews and Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, the reason uh, the Knicks do this, you get money off the books in Tim Hardaway Jr. West Math is done after this year, and then you also get a young player in Dennis Smith Jr. who I do think needs a change of scenery. 
Another player who I think needs to change scenery is Frank Nielakina. He won't overlap Luka's ability to run an offense. He does provide defense where Luka does struggle a little bit. And maybe not a little bit. He does struggle. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr., also not a lockdown defender. Frank is. Frank is all NBA defensive uh, team level of, uh, of defense. Tim Hardaway provides scoring, which they need when you know Harrison Barnes isn't there. Tim Hardaway can pick it up. Um, when DeAndre Jordan isn't there, he can pick it up. When Luka isn't on, he can pick it up. He's a better shooter than Wes Matthews, I, in, in my mind. Yep. Um, I would say that this deal works out for both teams because, again, Mavericks, I don't think they're going to be making a play for a big free agent, uh, free agent signing. Tim Hardaway Jr., you know, adds on cap room, but I don't think it's going to be too damaging to their team because they'll be looking for role players and not big stars. Right. That's why I think the trade is made because I think Frank fits they better admit that against Luka whiffed in the draft like they, they fucked up like hey let's just switch let's just switch back like because remember during all the mocks uh-huh. when it was like Dennis Smith Jr. to the, the Knicks. Knicks and Frank to the Mavs uh-huh. and then it's just like oh, oh they went the other way and now we're like yeah go back undo gonna, that one I'm gonna look up ours because I think we did I think we even had that yeah because Dennis Smith Jr. was explosive he's entertaining he's exciting like that in the Madison Square Garden make the Knicks fun again but didn't happen didn't happen. They got Frank instead, who we love so, as a prospect. But he's got so much room to grow still. On our 5.0 for that draft, Sean had Frank to the Knicks. I had Dennis Smith to the Knicks. You had the moist one <laughs> in Malik Monk nice. to the I Knicks. So but Dennis Smith Jr. was gone, right? For you? No. You had him go to Dallas. Oh, okay. I had Frank go to Dallas. Dave had Frank go to Dallas. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Because I, I did say, like, Dennis Smith Jr.'s game was very much MSG-like. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why we were, we wanted to talk, well, you wanted to no, talk I about Zion. No, I Sacramento. Who? Dennis Smith? Yeah, Dennis Smith. You had Frank going to Oh, Dallas. yeah, yeah. See, and you wanted to get rid of these. Isn't this great to have? It's, it's great to have fun. an archive. Yep. That's fun. Anyways, uh, don't look at the other ones because they're really bad. Um, <laughs> hey, man, I had Don Mitch in the top ten looking good with that one, right. even though he went later. Any final thoughts? That's my deal. I, I want I want Luca to get some help. I, I'm with you. I, I can't wait. I, ho- I hope he gets some help out there because, like, watching hope- Wes Matthews out there, Chuck is just painful. I just hope Santa brings us some of these trades. Hopefully. <laughs> I was going to make something like that. Let us know what trades you want to see, and maybe Woj will bring you the present that you ah. want under Wo- your trade. Wojmas Claus? Woj, Woj Santa. Woj Claus. Woj Claus. Woj Claus. Adrian Wojciechowski. 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 I like it. Well, let's move into our favorite segment. We are talking about the guys that absolutely went off in the past week, had historic weeks, had phenomenal performances, had crazy stat lines, had some win streaks that we did not expect. Yeah. We're talking about wet boys, the soggiest of shooters, the dampest of dudes, the moistest of men's. These are the players that really impressed over the past week. Ricky, we're going to start with you. I want to be honest. Like With my first, my wet boy this week, I don't know if it's because I don't like, it's not like I don't like the team. It's not like I don't like the player. I usually avoid picking this player just because for some reason, maybe it's subconscious. But James Harden, I could not pass on him this week. Phenomenal week, and really what played into it is wins and losses. Won more games than he lost. Shot great from the field. 37 points per game. James Harden getting, I believe, his first wet boy, but it may mm-hmm. not be. I have to check the counters. On no, I already made one for him, so I think it's the second Then the one. second wet yeah. boy of the year. That's it? Yeah. No, oh, we're just not going to talk about his travel? We're going to talk about his, his walk? His I mean, five, step, five steps. Bullshit. Every single, like, maybe that's why usually I don't pick James Harden, but this yeah. week it was the three that I had was Kawhi, LeBron, and James Harden. And just looking Some at deep it, like, cuts there. like LeBron almost averaged a triple double again. 
Um, Kawhi had a pretty good week, but I actually looked at the wins and losses and was like, you know what? James Harden had a really good one game. He won more of his games than lost. So that's why I went with James Harden, even though he'll usually try to, like, hook your arm here or travel or walk or do something. That freaked me out a little. When I tried to hook your arm. You, like, wrap my arm and start doing this. I was like, Well, I was trying to get underneath the hook. I feel like it's not deserved. I don't care if you put up 37. Half of them are fucking false. It's like wow. It's like when dead people vote or whatever, whatever Fake makes people, people want you to believe. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, they they registered as a person. Uh-huh. They're still out there. They're still voting. And uh, I sound crazy right now. You do. Uh, well, but I say, James, this is what James Harden is. You're entering conspiracy James, theory. James Harden is a false two million voters or whatever. You need to do uh, that exact rant in the Alex Jones voice, and then it would sound okay. I'm good. I'm down the frogs. <laughs> Dave, give us your white boy. My, my white boy is playoff P. Uh, you know, there ain't going to be a no team tonight. Three straight wins for the Oklahoma City Thunder. It's popping off. He's got, uh, in the last three games, 33 points, nine boards, six assists. Shooting a magnificent 52 from the field, 48 from three. Not on small volume either. He, he's just, this Thunder team, impressing. Impressing left and right. And honestly, I love it because it's like one of those things where I didn't expect him to play up to this level. Like, mm-hmm. I knew Paul George was good. We all knew Paul George was good. But like, these numbers look kind of special, right? Here's, Am I going crazy? Here's the thing. Here's the question. Yeah. And you're not going crazy. Is he better than Russell Westbrook? I didn't want to hit that conversation because I don't have Not, an more, valuable. Not yeah, more valuable. Not more valuable. I gotcha. Better. I Russell if you were starting a shooting team. efficiency makes me say he is. Because Russ is so inefficient with the ball, I would rather have Paul George. I'll say it. I, I I'm not I usually like to stick out for Russ because he does everything. He's a monster. But Paul George is just more efficient of a shooter. He's a much better shooter. He's a decent facilitator. And like minus the fact that he's the least clutch man in existence. I think he's the biggest thing too, Russ. I mean, Russ has taken less shots this year. Russ has been yeah. more selective with the shots. Hasn't been and he's good for his efficiency. Yeah. Um, but he has been, uh, you know, he's, he's been, you know, turning the ball over less. He has yeah. been, you know, dishing out more assists. I, I, I like the way this the Thunder secret to looking. success is really Hamadou Diallo, the guy we just <laughs> shit on for the entire draft process. He couldn't play basketball. He it still can't. Very, it was a very good reason to shit on him. He still can't. He just dunks the ball. Fun. He jumps real high. He does. Uh, who would you rather have, Russ or Me? Paul George? If you're starting, I was going to say I'll take Paul George, and the reason being is I almost go to the mentality of, all right, I'm starting a team. Who would I rather be the leader of that team? And I'm thinking just out of guys that have not won an NBA championship because Russ and Paul George haven't. Um, I would take Paul George because, like Dave said, even though he can't make a final shot. Doesn't matter. LeBron James doesn't like taking final shots. We never crucify him for He's it. He's so much better, though, than yeah, Paul no, George. No, no, I know. Like, Paul George is historically bad at it, yeah. but I'll just get someone else to be that. I'll be Ru- someone else to Russ take the final clutch? shot. Russ is a clutch, though. Russ is more clutch than Paul George. Russ isn't clutch. Russ. Ruh-roh. Um, I just we watched one, it. We watched ourselves, Sean. Run. You called I it. I called it. Uh, the one thing, though, I, I've never seen a player dip off uh, in in three years. Thirty one points per game, twenty five points per game, and then twenty points per game for Russ. I know he's taking less shots, um, but it, it is weird saying. What are you looking at? Is there a reason why you just? Yeah, I'm hot. My oh, okay. armpits it are sweating. It is toasting here. I'm getting drips. I'm getting <laughs> drips from my armpits. It's not I mean, fun. The reason why I really I, don't want to do this calf segment. Well, I want to end it. The, the reason why I say that is, of course, we get comments all the time because I don't like how oh the my top God. of my shirt the drinking game. Sits you need to get bigger like, shirts I, or something. No, what or happens b- better is shirts. better shirts. What I like is how it sits on the back of my neck, and as I talk, it'll lean back. 
So I pull it back forward so it leans on he needs, he the back better, of my neck. Yeah, better quality. Need, yeah, and I thought you doing this shirt. was like, and I'm sitting there all subconsciously now, like, oh, am I doing it too much? I'm like, I didn't touch my shirt getting at some, all. Getting some, you know, air into this baby. <laughs> we need air conditioning. Uh, yeah, anyways, yeah. I'm going with my wet boy. Uh, of course, we have Jake on. Jake says, fire his coach. And he pops off. Devin Booker uh, taking the, uh, the, the the Phoenix Suns on three of their four-game winning streak. Yeah, he was not there for the Dallas game, uh, but he has been there for the past three games. Went over Minnesota, New York, and Boston, putting up 30 points per game, six boards, 5.7 assists, a steal in there, and extremely efficient shot. Uh, shooting uh, 48.4%, uh, 38% from the three, and 85% from the line. Uh, it is the Jake curse. He shit-talked Lonzo Ball. Lonzo dropped the youngest uh, triple-double <laughs> ever. Until, uh, uh, the, until, until Mark Markel Fultz. Uh, but, no, at the, at the time, at the time yep. uh, Lonzo dropped the, the youngest triple-double for a player. I think it was the third game against the Phoenix Suns. Yep. Uh, so shout-out to Jake, shout-out to Devin Booker, and shout-out to everybody who is saying that the Phoenix Suns are now on a four-game win streak on that uh, segment. We know it was before it happened. Mm-hmm. So that's our thoughts. Let's move into fantasy. Uh, we are currently fourth. In nice. fantasy. Uh yeah, we are we we are Moving up on up. 86 uh 86 points uh leader right now is Philadelphia 076ers with 104 uh big ballers are at 102 team Grantham is at 90 so we are four game uh four points back from third place. Uh field goals made we are in fifth. Field goal percentage we have fell a little bit. We are in seventh. Seventh. Uh free throw percentage we are Third from bottom, uh, three points Not made. Good. We are in fifth. Three point percentage. We are in seventh. Rebounds. We are in second. Ao, shout out Drummond. Uh, assists. <laughs> we are third. Steals. We are third. Blocks. We are sixth. And then points. We are fifth. So pretty decent. I don't think we need to make any moves yet, uh, especially with Demarcus Cousins possibly coming back. You know, I'm excited. You know, it blows my mind. Like how Phila 76ers are in first, and literally for field goal or free throw percentage, he's in dead last. Yep. Mm-hmm. He's in dead last in that category, but he's still in first because he's in first in like assists, steals, blocks. He's second in points, first in field goals made, and field goal percentage. But like, free what? throws and three point percentage. <laughs> Just bottom. Dead last and second to last. Hey, he's got chuckers. That's all he's got. He's got chuckers. Shout out to uh, Phila 076ers. And also, uh, I do want to say, we are fourth, and we have Otto Porter out, JaVale McGee out, Brogdon's day-to-day, Danny Green's day-to-day, Gary Harris is out, and DeMarcus Cousins is out. So yeah. once we get healthy, boys, first place is I looking looking, looking he got like a straight up 2K team. His starting lineup right now is Shea, Eric Gordon, Evan Fournier, LeBron, Rudy Gobert, De'Aaron Fox, um, Muscala, Aaron Gordon, Jarrett Allen, and Serge. And then he's got Drew Holiday, Covington, and Oof, Bogdan. Love Cov. Bogdanovich. Love Cov. He's only rostered at 27.8% of leagues. He's That's being bizarre. dropped, too. The fuck? Boy's, getting si- Boy's got six steals in his last game. Stupid. <laughs> Anyways, uh, final thoughts on uh, fantasy or what, boys? Hey, just hoping we can... We Let's got continue it. in the upward trend. The thing we got to uh, update is we still have Drummond on the team. Mm-hmm. The trade that and we talked about so literally are we just, happening. Are we not going to trade him, or are we still looking for deals for him? We're still looking for deals, but okay. it was Marcus Morris for Drummond, and I don't know, I just didn't feel it. I just didn't feel like making it because I feel like we get a little bit more for Drummond. I mean, this guy grabs a ton of boards. And it, that was boards. after the game that he had, like, what, like 20 and 20? Yeah. So I was like, I definitely can't trade him. And then he was efficient for the free throw line, so we are like, we definitely can't trade him. But we'll figure it out. We'll, he'll, he will not be on our team by the end of the year. 
I will tell you that. Okay. All right. But let's move into the final topic. It is a topic that everybody loves uh, here on the Fast Break podcast. It is a, you know, stay true and uh, pride. What's that? What's the saying? It's a it's a it's a it's a mainstay here mm-hmm. on the Fast Break podcast. It's best fits for X team in the 2019 NBA draft. One that Lady Boy Lover absolutely loves. He always says, "Wow, great original topic, guys!" And we want to thank you, Lady Boy Lover. We are talking about the best fits for the Cleveland Cavaliers currently. They are, you know, tied with the Chicago Bulls for best odds. Um, they are eight and twenty-five as of recording this. On a two-game losing streak, three and seven in their last ten, uh, they are tied with the Bulls for top odds for the number one overall pick. So let's talk about them. We'll talk about if they have the number one overall pick, if they have the number three overall pick, and the number five overall pick. Let's get it out of the way. How does Zion Williamson fit with the Cleveland Cavaliers? I mean, I think he fits with any team in the t- like any of these top teams. It's easy. He fits, and it's like he can run the floor. He can throw down dunks. It's like. Any team, Bulls, Suns, Cavs, Hawks, can find a fit for him some way or another. It's like it's not that hard. It's not rocket science. So we don't have to talk about him, Sean. There we go. I mean, <laughs> you can I, just wrap that segment up then. I just, we got Zion going to the Cavs. I'm so, and, uh, sick, I'm so sick of talking about him. Is, is there any way that if they get the number one, number one overall pick, they're not going with him? No, they go with Zion. Anyone have a differing opinion? No. No? Number no. one pick is Zion. He's just You can wrap it up right now. Like, there's... <laughs> The, the stupid thing is, is like he doesn't have a complete game. He can't shoot f- from like mid range. His outside shots inconsistent. Um, you know, the problem is that he's just a freak in nature athletically. Mm-hmm. Even at the fact he's like six 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 seven, like it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. And mm-hmm. oh my god, I, I, yeah, offensively he's limited, but he still gets to the hoop. Defensively, he's a monster. And the one thing, too, I loved, I mean, we saw it in the Texas Tech game, 9-10 from the free throw line. Like, that's yeah. awesome. Get to yeah. the line, kid. He's got consistency. Kid. I mean, no one's going to get, you know, following you because they want to get out of your way because they'll be in, on a poster or a highlight reel. But but did you see what they were doing to him when he's driving the lane? Hmm. They're starting to take uh, offensive charges from him and hmm. selling a little bit. Guys guys are, uh, you know, as, as he bulldozes away in the, the lane, they're just... You know, what, like, you know what that's gonna like they're full on flopping, and that's gonna cause him just to start taking step backs. Yeah, start start you know pulling. Luke you might step have backs. to adjust his game a little bit because like I was watching, I forget which show it was. Um, it was one of the ESPN Talking Heads ones, and they were talking about how every time he goes right, like he has a real bad tendency, like with his left hand, he can't shoot very well with it. And it's just like it's always a dump off if you force him to go left. Otherwise, he's spinning back to his right mm. uh, in the post. So I think it's kind of interesting. Like as the season goes on, and hopefully as we get closer to tourney time, like when teams actually start to you know see what they want to play in matchup wise, mm-hmm. like how you want to play against this guy, like if that can be abused. Because I know like Bagley was the guy like last year's class was like, wow, he literally can be shut down by preventing him from going one direction. Yeah. Like so, I think but he's still been good. Yeah, and that's Bagley's the super thing. Good, like yeah. he's such an athlete that doesn't matter. I think that Zion's similar nature. But better passer, mm-hmm. so and definitely much more of a freak of nature. Oh my god! Yeah. Um, it'd be it'd be interesting to see how him and you know Colin Sexton work together. Um, but I don't think I really love that pairing. Not really. But you need. I mean, that's gonna be very athletic. Um, and that's that's for damn sure. Just get, uh, just get five wings out there. Screw it. <laughs> but let's get into at least the next part of it and which mm-hmm. one best fits for them. R.J. Barrett, Nasir Little, Cam Reddish. That's the top three outside of Zion, uh, according to ESPN. I would rank it R.J. Cam Nasir. Um, I'm not too high on Nasir, as people know from our, our last uh, NBA mock draft. Um, but how would you guys rank that, at least fit wise, for the Cleveland Cavaliers? And which player do you like best, and why? 
I'm kind of leaning a little bit. Like, at first I was like, oh, who did I have them go in the mock draft? And I had R.J. Barrett. But then I'm thinking the only reason I had them at that time was they were three. I almost want to say Cam Reddish would be a better pick for them based off of who they selected last year because you got Colin Sexton. He's a ball-dominant point guard to where if I added R.J. Barrett, would I be adding kind of, not to take a wizardism and bring it into this, but would I be adding like almost two alphas to it, two ball-dominant guys in my backcourt to where it might be hard to make that work, where Cam Reddish can be more of a guy that can play off-ball to Colin Sexton and can bring an outside shot as well. And as if then I can work with the kind of drive and dish where it's like, hey, Colin Sexton can drive. If Reddish is out there open for a three, we can dish it and make a three from Cam Reddish. Dave? I like I like Cam Reddish fit there, but I just think that, like, I fuck pick. You're at the top of the draft. <laughs> take, take talent. Like, RJ is better than Cam Reddish. Um and obviously, like yes, he does need the ball in his hands mm-hmm. a bit more. Uh, we we just saw his offensive struggles this past week against uh, Texas Tech, but I think that he is a solid shooter, uh, and the shot's only going to get better with time. Like he's just kind of volume, and right now the offense is basically through him for the majority of it. Mm-hmm. Like obviously, Trey, when ball in his hands, he's not he's a, he's a phenomenal passer facilitator, but. I would love to see uh, R.J. Barrett on a team with Colin Sexton to see what they can do together because I think they put teams into a really bad position when it comes to like high screens and pick and rolls because it's a lose-lose situation for the other team. R.J. really had a, a Sean Anderson game against Texas Tech. I mean, 16 points, 7-15, you look at that, at least from, from the field, and you're like, or 17-22, 7-15 uh, from, from two-point, you're like, damn, that's pretty good. Must have had a good game. And then you look at the 7-22, and you're like, yeah. oh, shit, he missed all seven threes. He, he missed all. Uh, and he's, he's missed the past 10 mm-hmm. uh, that he's taken. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the past two games against Princeton, Texas Tech, 21.5 points per game, uh, and then, you know, 54% percent from mm-hmm. uh, from two and then he's just you know over 10 from from three it's something that is concerning but also guys are gonna have struggles um but i, I think that again you I, I, I agree with dave here you need to go with talent and See, rj I, can be I a number one argument. and i don't know if colin can be exactly i hate that argument for the duke guys because i feel like these Do you think three they're, talent, they're all three no, equal talent i feel like at the beginning of the year i said it that the three duke guys you could make a case for one number one picks for all three of them we're just going to be splitting hairs. As the season has gone on, what I have seen is Zion has kind of, maybe you can just say it's his hype, has solidified in most mind as the clear number one. And the other two behind it, I think it's splitting hairs. Like we even had, I can't remember his name, I can look it up, but we had a commenter last week that's like, Cam Rush is going to be the steal of this draft. And I just, I feel like in most people's minds, they go, oh, Zion, RJ, and Cam but to me, it's splitting hairs between well, Cam and like, RJ. It wasn't even like that before. Coming into the year, it was mm-hmm. RJ, Zion. Yeah. yeah, and then now what it is now, I feel like between Cam and RJ, it's splitting hairs to whichever. What do you like better is where you're going to put Cam or RJ, but either or could be the second one I behind think, Zion. Well, I think the thing is with 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 – this, this whole thing between RJ and Cam is a lot of people just will assume if you have a point guard, you're taking Cam Reddish. Mm-hmm. If you don't, you're taking RJ Barrett. I don't buy into that, at least for the Cleveland Cavaliers, because I don't think you have a true point guard in Colin Sexton. You have yeah. a very good scorer who is small. 
That's about it. He's not a guy that's passing a ton. He's not a guy that's going to be, I think, ever at a you know a, a, a Chris Paul level mm-hmm. of passing uh, or distributing. I don't think he's ever going to be that type of player. I think maybe he can be similar to like an Isaiah Thomas. Um, maybe not 29 points per game, but at least a player that is you know fitting the mold of a guard, but is strictly a scorer at that position. And RJ. I think he does have that potential to develop into a point forward. I don't think it's exactly there yet. Mm-hmm. I don't think he exactly has that mindset yet. And maybe having another scorer like Count Sexton will help. And Count Sexton also going, you know, being efficient from three so far, um, at least since uh, November seventh, shooting forty one point five percent from three. Maybe that helps it a little bit, you know, become a, a point forward a little bit easier. Um, but I think that. You know, RG, in my mind, is more talented than Cam Reddish. He might be a harder fit, but he is more talented, and that's why I think he is. I don't think it's really splitting hairs with talent. And some people disagree. I know Jake, Jake, our, our patron, said very similar to what the mm-hmm. commenter said, um, that Cam Reddish is going to be the steal of the draft. That's why we did that exact um, topic. Yeah. I just don't buy into the fact that he's not t- – I don't buy into the fact that he's talent, more talented than RG I'm, Barrett, I'm afraid that he's going to be like Otto Porter. Like you're saying, he, Cam Reddish yeah. is going to be like out of Porter. Yeah, he okay. uh, he has all the tools. He could, you know, his stroke from the outside could be solid. Just the consistency's not there. The confidence in taking volume uh, shots, even when like I'd love Seattle to take more shots, he just doesn't. Like you, you can't force the ball into that mm-hmm. man's hands hard enough for him to take more shots. So that's my concern. Is like if Cam, you know, people are talking because of his build, because of his size, his athleticism. He, he's got, you know, the potential to be, you know, in the T-Mac range of, like, physicals. But my concern is, like, from a confidence, from a mentality standpoint, like, he's going to be in the auto-porter area, more likely. Uh, which is still not bad. It's just when I'm looking at the top It's of only the draft, bad when you give him mm-hmm. $27 million. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> That's why I'm like, honestly, like, John Morant. Really? John Morant to this team. Why is that? If I, you're talking top three. Like, I'm talking them, top three. Okay. Let, me, let me do this. Yeah. Let me do this. R.J. Barrett, Nasir Little, Cam Reddish, Bull Bull, John Morant. You have five players to pick from. They're all available. Give me the ranking of which players you would want. So, again, John ja, ja Morant, mm-hmm. Bull Bull, and then the three that I said, uh, R.J., Cam, and Nasir. All right? So, you're talking about John ja Morant. Why John ja Morant? At least, you know, talk us into it before Ricky and I give our, give our rankings. Sure. Uh, I think John ja Morant, excellent size for the NBA. To me, he has that superstar potential. He has the it factor because he can do everything. He can rebound, he can assist, he can score, and good Lord, can he score. I I just look forward to, yes, the matchup with him and um, Colin Sexton together on the court at the same time might not be ideal, but I'm at the top of the draft. I'm taking the guy with the highest upside, and he's been able to produce, obviously, at a much smaller school, but produce nonetheless and that's the thing i look at is i go okay if if i want the ball in one guy's hands in this draft it it's his mm-hmm. like 100 percent. like zion's a freak of nature don't get me wrong but ja has like that next level like either somewhere between you know russell west where people are comping him to you know old derrick rose uh hell i've heard some people even say like ai like he can do it all and he i think that if you put him on a cleveland team like he can be that guy to lead them back to, like, there's a bright spot for their team. Because, like, Kevin Love, like you said, he's older. He's still the best player, injury-prone. But he's a guy who can take over a game, no doubt in my mind. And he will make it work with whatever talent's around him because he's not used to playing with talent. Here's mm-hmm. the biggest thing with him, and this was brought up in, in uh, 
you know, times we talked about them. Yeah. Turnovers. Yep. Are you worried about the turnovers that John Morant produces? Because he's, young he's had eight games of seven, seven, ten. You know, he's uh, the past five games. Yeah. Uh, he has been at four, four, three, three, four, three. Yeah. So, no. I, I go with he's young, and I don't care about turnovers for kids under the age of like twenty three. Like honestly, like I, you're you're the Cleveland Cavaliers. You're not trying to win games right now, anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if you have someone with his potential who can do everything for you and who can be that true superstar at the NBA level. Like I, I'm having a hard time keeping him down low on my rankings because like like you said, RJ could be that next level point forward. He can be a guy who whether he's a two guard or a three guard, Jimmy Butler esque, you know, style to him, hopefully with a better shot. But obviously mm-hmm. like you said, he's missed like what his last ten uh three pointers. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it's 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 rough that there's not consistency there, but I just think that Jaws got that it factor to him, and he also has that potential to just bust out like terribly. He could be the worst player the drafted in the top ten. Th- the thing that I think of when it comes to Jaw, because like in my head, I would do Cam RJ, then either Ball 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 or Jaw, mm-hmm. either or, and then Nasir Little. If they take Jaw, yep. In my head alone, and some people may think I'm wrong for saying this. Yep. I do not think him and Colin Sexton could coexist. From what I've seen from Colin Sexton since his start of last year in college, I have seen a guy, I am the guy to bring the ball up. I am the guy to have the ball. The offense starts with me. And I don't know if adding Ja into that will be beneficial to either or because I kind of see either or being similar players, being the main ball handler, and I would feel like if you're going to draft a jaw, that is Cleveland saying we messed up on the Colin Sexton pick, and then let's move Colin Sexton. Do you think that there's a problem with that? No, I'm just because saying. Because if like, you believe that jaw has better mm-hmm. upside than Colin Sexton, why wouldn't you do I'm not that? Say, Jerry Seinfeld, there's it could, not anything it could, wrong with that, it could but end up you'd being have like to move a, Colin Sexton. Well, it could mind. end up being like a, a, a Luka DSJ mm-hmm. situation. Exactly. You and didn't that, know you were ever going to be in the position to take Luka Doncic. Right. Mm-hmm. That's why you won't. But like, would you be comfortable passing up that player because, like, oh, well, we've already got Colin Sexton. And that's my concern. Like, Could you imagine... If, you know, if the Mavs had not mm-hmm. been so in love with Luca and been like, well, we got Dan Smith Jr. Like, I think we're good getting somebody else well, this clearly, year. Clearly, and I think one thing, it was a little bit easier because they don't play the same position. It's just they don't fit next to each other. Technically, they don't. Mm-hmm. But they do have the same role as in primary yeah. ball hunter, bring the ball up the court. And that's that's very much what Tariki spoke to. And that's why I think I'm like, it's just ass nine to close off that option from yourself. Uh, because I think that potential-wise... We all fell in love with Colin Sexton for what he did at Alabama. The three-on-five game was him putting his name on the map. Uh, but at the NBA level, like, good. Good player. He's getting better. His shot has become much more consistent. He's he's now getting closer to that, you mm-hmm. know, 40% range from three, which would be awesome. Obviously not shooting a ton of volume under three points, a, under three attempts a game. But I still think that, like, what I see in Ja, I would his upside versus Colin Sexton's upside. Is there any anybody who would take Colin Sexton's upside over Ja's? I wouldn't. So that 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 sort of would and, be my thing. Well, it's just because. Well, I I don't know Jaws' true upside. That's the thing is does. because, huh? No one really does. I'm buying well, that, into the fact that like that's my biggest can he duplicate because, what he's doing well, in college? Today he has a, today as in when we're recording this, yeah. he has his biggest game against Auburn. Yeah, which so, would be great. To so see. it's starting at three thirty. Yep. Um, starting in you know right now like about about a half hour. Yeah, yeah half forty hour. minutes. Um, so it's it's going to be interesting to see how he does. I just I, I worry about. Again, how is he going to do against big-time mm-hmm. competition? And I can't say he's going to be better than Colin Sexton because Colin Sexton has proven that even at the NBA, he's putting up 15, 15 a game and he's mm-hmm. doing it efficiently. So that's something to me that 
is very intriguing for Colin What's he do about your 15 well, a game? And here's in the NBA. Whoop de do about your 15 a game. Well, and here's the me. I'm seriously, I'm serious. Like from your star player, from your top 10 pick, and you're yeah. getting 15 a game. It's guy, a rookie. Yeah, but they also it's have no typically other, in line the rest with of their a rookie. team is dead. They've got no. Who, who else is putting the Would ball? Would you rather him chucking they up had bad a shots for Alec Burks because they literally had nothing else? Would you rather have him chucking up bad shots? I'd rather have a. If you're going to be a ball dominant player, I want more from you than 15 a game. Uh, but uh, but the thing is, is that he's uh, he's a rookie. It's his first year. I mean, I, I'm not too upset at him only averaging 15 a game on 43-41 no. shooting. No, and, and 87 from the, the line, too. He's, he's pretty pretty. Efficient. I mean, come on. I mean, that's yeah. a very good sign for yeah. a rookie. No, it is. It is. But my point is still, I want more. And I think Jock could give me more. That's, that's why I'm pressuring this so much, is because I think R.J. Barrett is intriguing because ball in his hands, I think he's probably got... A, Probably, probably right below Ja and upside. Like it's Zion, Ja, and then RJ in my mind as far as upside in this draft. I guess maybe Bull Bull, just because I have no clue. But uh, they're all very close. It's just weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all very close. So honestly, if I was them and I was the one, it's Zion. If it's the two, I'm probably going RJ. At the three, I'm going Ja 100%. I think Cam is out of it in my mind because I see the same concerns that I've seen out of like Otto Porter. Like, that's unfortunately where I'm projecting him, and that's Otto's fine player, like you said, but he's not the guy I want to take at three if I see other guys with more potential on the board. Mm-hmm. See, I'm on the other side of it. I'm looking at RJ, Cam, and Ja. Those are the three that I'm looking at, and how I'm kind of divvying up in my head, I'm passing on Ja compared to these two because I already have Colin Sexton. I know the whole debate of like Ja's potential over Colin Sexton's potential, but the thing I look at is the type of position matters. And if I already have a point guard that, I mean, basically, if I draft a point guard and then go to trade Colin Sexton, is that going to set me back where I could take either RJ or Cam, have a wing player, and I still have Colin Sexton, who is not hot garbage? Because, I mean, looking to what Sean was saying about the 15, if you look back just at the last two drafts, the highest guards that were drafted, or three drafts, I should say, because I skipped... Um, the Lonzo draft, like De'Aaron Fox, yeah. he was only putting up 11, uh, just over 11 a game his first year. Right. And then Jamal Murray, who was the highest, you know, he was a 1-2 listed in the draft. Mm-hmm. He was only putting up nine a game in his first year. So, I mean. But he also had a much smaller role on a much better team. I, and I get the like, situations he, are he, different. I but, feel like Colin Sexton's in a Devin Booker situation. Mm-hmm. You're playing on a trash team. You need to put up stupid numbers. And his numbers are very good. Don't get me wrong. Like Sean said, 15-3-3 and three on mm-hmm. very good shooting splits. And, but, and that's even better than Devin Booker. Devin Booker in his first year, 13.8, 13. 8, uh, 2.6 assists, which is about the same. Uh, Colin Sexton at 2.5. Uh, Sexton has more rebounds. doesn't really matter. Uh, but shooting-wise, he's better. Uh, Devin Booker's at 42. Colin mm-hmm. Sexton at 43. And three-point. Uh, mm-hmm. Devin Booker was a better three-point shooter. He was taking 3.8, so it's more threes. Uh, but 34% were Count Sex is sitting at 30, 39.7. But the, he also didn't start all the games. Mm-hmm. He didn't play the full season. Like, again, it's I know it's sample size to sample size. Like, mm-hmm. that's the thing. We're only in December right now. Um, and the thing, on, real quick, uh, usage for Dev Book, because I think that does matter in this argument, uh, 23, um, his rookie year. And then uh, Count Sex, and I'll find out. But what was you finish Well, the thing I was just going to finish with my kind of thought process, then when it comes to Cam and RJ, the reason why I would go Cam is, yes, RJ has the higher usage. RJ is going to have 
the more points per game. But what I see from Cam Reddish is a guy who, from the outside, I would take Cam's three-point shot over RJ's three-point shot. Yeah. And then also, defensively, I like what Cam Reddish brings more than RJ. Because if I'm the Cavs right now, I'm thinking K-Love is still on my team. And with me, when it comes to defense, RJ is going to be the guy that blocks more shots than Cam. But Cam is going to be the guy that gets more steals and can then I can kind of mold him into that wing defender on the outside. And that's what I would want more working next to Colin Sexton than going with the potential of Ja or going with the high usage big name in RJ Barrett. With uh, the thing with Colin Sexton, he had 25 usage compared to 23. Um, if I was ranking him, uh, I would say RJ, I would say. Cam, I would say Bulbul, I would say Ja, I mean, I would say Nasir Little. We're all pretty low on Nasir mm-hmm. Little. Um, I don't even know I threw him in there. But Bulbul would be interesting, but I don't think it's going to end up being the right fit because you have more talented players. Ja Morant, I just need to see more from him. And mm-hmm. if I do see more from him, I think he'll jump Cam. But RJ, I still think, is the most talented out of the three of them. I think he's going to have the longest career out of these players if we're going to you know, have that argument. I think he has the ability to be a star. I think Ja does as well. Cam, I think he's going to be a really good starter. And maybe he does, you know, that ends up leading to longevity for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think at their peak, RJ will be the best player. And I think, like we've said before, if you're in this position, go with the best player. And that's RJ Barrett in my mind. Um, but let's just talk outside of RJ, I guess. I mean, like, mm-hmm. do we see them not being a top five team? Do we see them somehow slipping? Anything nope. could, like, well, the, the lottery numbers. The lo- Well, what could happen is, I mean, the thing that changes is so right now, the Hawks are at four. The Knicks are at five. They're about, what, a game, game and a half behind the Cavaliers who are at one as we're recording this. Mm-hmm. So it's like, to me, it only well, looks like, with the Bulls. yeah, it looks like to me, let's say they do fall to where the Knicks are right now. That means if somebody gets into the top three, that's not, you're moving to six then at the lowest. And one guy I would throw in if they're, let's say, at that 5-6. They're out of the Duke guys. They're out of maybe a jaw. I would maybe take a look at uh, Kevin Porter Jr. being a guy that can fit with this Cavs team. If they do get, like, the 5th or 6th, even if they, let's say, start winning some games and get the 7th, that's as high as I think, or as low as I think, that they could get. They'll probably be 5-6 at the lowest if they win some games. but Why does Kevin Porter fail with him? Because the thing I look at is what was one of the reasons we call them like his potential was James Harden-esque. And to me, could be a guy I stick at the two, can have some point guard tendencies, so when Colin Sexton's not on the floor, he can move over to the one, and could be a guy that fits nicely next to a ball-dominant uh, Colin Sexton because it's like, oh, Porter Jr. can be ball dominant, but doesn't have to be ball dominant to be effective on the floor. That's if they Jaws already gone and the Dukies are already gone. I think a guy that's going to rise that I think could be I think I think I'm going to end up liking him mm-hmm. more than Kevin Porter um, is Jared Culver from Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. What he did against Duke was fun. Yeah, uh, the game before against Abilene Christian, it was fun. Get kick and shoot from the outside, shooting forty five percent from three. Um, had again against Duke, four of nine from three. He can pass the ball. He's you know got forty eight assists on the year. He's consistently like he's no higher than six, but no lower than than two. Uh, but like outside of that, he's been around four. What's up, Jit? He was gonna say it. 
I, I was think he was going to say Sean We Agree Podcast. Like, you read my mind I mean, he just and, He just seems like a really good and, fit next to our, Colin Sexton. Just so they know, in our last mock draft, you had him at 15, I had him at 17, Dave had him the lowest at 20. We'll see how that changes in about two weeks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was like you said, it was a big test against, really, Duke, was to see what he could do against top-level mm-hmm. talent, and obviously Texas Tech being the toughest defensive team in the nation at the time really put it to Duke. Uh, obviously, still, you know. Zion mm-hmm. happens and he gets the line shot well, but Jarrett, awesome game all around. I actually kind of like the Kevin Porter fit. I'm with Ricky on this one. I don't know that Kevin Porter will be that high though. My question is, I don't know if his um, draft stock will stay that elevated throughout the whole year. Obviously, USC will get a lot of attention, but it's just he's one of those guys I could see falling off as the year continues. Um, ah, I don't. Yeah, that's the problem. Like, I don't love Nasir. I don't love. Uh, Romeo, so like I'm in a, I'm in a rough position because I don't think Bulbo would be a good fit for their team either mm-hmm. unless they're moving Kevin Love. Love unless they do your trade if they move Kevin Love <laughs> take Bulbo that would be yeah that's my advice why Bulbo uh he's he's a unicorn like he he's a seven plus footer who is got a great soft touch his shooting I I've just been impressed honestly the more game tape I see the more impressed I am by him. But I still don't know against full-size men in the NBA. And I know the NBA is getting smaller, except a couple teams who are going double centers, whatever. But, like, I just think that he's just such a weird combination of size and athleticism and his shooting touch that makes him unique. And I think I would love to have him out there on the court for me. I just don't know um, what pieces I would need next to him to make up for him. Why wouldn't he work next to Kevin Love in your mind? Uh, so are you saying he would play center? Well, you Kevin said Love you said if, you said if if he if Kevin Love got oh, traded, then you take Bobo. So yeah. why why would you say I think Kevin he, Love's I think there, he's an NBA four. Bobo. I think he falls in line with KP as far as being the NBA four, not a five, mm-hmm. because he doesn't have the um, muscle mass to play a five in the NBA and bang down low too much. So I see him at the four. I think that TT is actually not a bad fit with him. Uh, yes, TT's undersized, but you have some rim protection because of Bulbul's length. So, yeah. like, I think the combination of TT's aggressiveness down on the low post matches well with Bulbul. Um, I just think that Kevin Love would be better served on another team. You can get value back for him. He's on that long-term deal, like we said. Shop him to a smaller uh, market area or maybe someone just looking for a shot to help them get into the playoffs and go for a run. Like, I think that, that, that that's the one unique one where... I think Bobo could rise because I just—it's I, so weird. Maybe it's me. Yeah, but I think it's very weird thinking of a seven-three player yep. as a better perimeter defender right? than a post defender. Because <laughs> you look at him and he's pretty active. He's got quick feet on the outside and he's got length that's going to be able to shut down guys driving. Yeah, but one—I mean, if you put him in the post, I think he's going to get bullied. Yeah, and we're talking mm-hmm. about a seven-three kid with a wingspan, most likely at seven-nine. Yeah. I think if I find it odd that he's most likely going to be a better perimeter defender than him, than a post mm-hmm. defender, but. I agree with you. I just worry about Bulbul in general, and I Health. think that whoever takes him is taking a risk. Yeah. And obviously, we see with KP, like when he's out there, he's dominant. I think he can be dominant sometimes, but I just I worry a lot about yeah. his ability to stay healthy, his ability to add on muscle, his ability to be a, a player that's not abused because of his size. But that's I mean, when he's stroking from the outside, like you're just like, holy sh! Like <laughs> the angle of his shot should not work mm-hmm. <laughs> on some yeah. of that. But no. He he's the he's one of those intriguing prospects of the draft for me because it's just like the more I watch the more interested I am, but it doesn't necessarily change my mind about how he fits in the NBA yet because he's not playing against guys who are you know 
in their prime, you know, 25 to 35 and like brick shit house built. Like that's there's still some of those guys in the NBA, not a ton, but like could you imagine him going up against like Joel Embiid or Anthony Davis, any any top center in the league? Like right now, the only one I wouldn't be afraid of is obviously like put Drummond, Kat. put Drummond against mm-hmm. him. Like Drummond yeah. would bully the shit. I know. Or Jokic, Jokic yeah, Jokic versus him would Bobo, be Bobo insane. It'd be the complete opposite. Jokic would be like, sky hooking him. In. Yeah, that'd be the combination. Like, Physic- can, can you outreach the sky hook? Physically gifted versus big boy, <laughs> like opposite. All right, final, so yeah. Final thoughts? Any sleepers? Any guys we didn't talk about? No, for me, I think that all the ones. It's basically. Depending on where they are, my order again would be Cam, RJ. I'm gonna put Ja ahead well, of Ball Ball, Zion, and then. Well, yeah, we're talking Zion yeah. is a definite one, but Cam, RJ, Ja, Ball Ball, and then I'm gonna put Kevin Porter as my last one. Dave, I. Uh, I'm sticking with mine. What's up? You don't have to give me your rankings. Yeah, no, I'm thoughts. stick with mine. I think that obviously Zion first, but then I think RJ and Jaws very close conversation to have. And then I, I look at Bulbul. Kevin Porter could be interesting, but we need to see more out of him. Yeah, I, I just need to see. I, I don't think I'll ever see enough out of him when it comes to, to the draft. To warn a top five pick. Like he'll be, well, my thing is I think it'll, I will base my placing of Bulbul on what scouts are saying that NBA draft like GMs are saying. Yeah. Because I want to be right of 100%. Course. Of course. Uh, but also, it's a Sean Anderson way. I don't right. trust him, and I won't trust him until I yeah. see him in the NBA up against NBA level competition. That's right. Um, but yeah, I, I think Zion's the number one pick, obviously, uh, and then it falls with talent, and it'd be RJ. I think it'd be Ja. I think it'd be Cam. It could be Bull Bull. It's funny how one sided this level. year's draft is again. It's like we had the Ben mm-hmm. Simmons draft where we try to create controversy around like Brandon Ingram, and like nah, never close, never close. Yeah, and we were like coming into this, we we're like, oh great, we'll have. We had Lonzo versus Markel. Yep. We had, uh, what was it last year? It was... Uh, DeAndre versus... It was yeah, Aiden versus Bagley. Luka. Yep. Yeah, or Aiden Bagley or mm-hmm. Michael Porter Jr. as well. Yeah. Porter Jr. versus Doncic. And now this we is have... This stupid. We were, we're trying to have the three Dukies, and you know, we're not going to get that video up. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> uh, that's going to do it for the Fast Break Podcast. We do want to extend our uh, gracious Halli- Happy Holidays yeah. Uh, Merry Christmas to those who celebrate it. Uh, I know it'll be uh, 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 something that we all celebrate. You know, as that's something that our families mm-hmm. do. Uh, so happy uh, Merry Christmas to you guys. Merry, uh, Christmas. Merry Christmas to everyone who celebrates. Happy holidays. Uh, happy New Year. We will be having one final 2018 podcast. Mm-hmm. Recording that on the 29th, the night of UFC 232. So I will be in some chipper spirits yeah. uh, for John Jones versus Alex Gustafson. Gustafson too. I uh, fuck that. I tried to go super. Goofed it. I tried to go super Sweden on that one. Uh, but anyways, that's gonna do it for us. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, 2018 was our best year, uh, and hopefully 2019 will uh, bring more. Uh, but again, we have one final podcast. Thank you so much. Don't forget to like us. Um, not like us. Like us on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Fuck it. Let's get the Facebook page going. Yeah. Rate us five stars on iTunes if you do have the time. Head over to iTunes. If you gave us a download, give us five stars on iTunes. It helps us out immensely, much more than a Facebook like. Anyways, this is going to do it for Dave Oster, Ricky Wimmer. I'm Sean Anderson. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.